I'm also bad at on Mondays. I don't take uh, Paul Valley's mic screen off all the time. He gets my cooties, and nobody wants that. So I should do it before the show, but I didn't. So you all get to enjoy that. We're not going to charge any extra for it. Good morning. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Monday edition of the program. I am Glenn Clark. He is Griffin Bass. Ravens win. Ravens win. Yay. Woo. All right. God, it was so boring. Oh, it was so boring. I, I know this is like what proves how spoiled we are and just how jaded maybe we are. The Ravens won. They won fairly emphatically. They won on the road in the NFL. They won in a game where they were really not threatened whatsoever, and yet our reaction afterwards was like, whatevs. Whatevs. Um, going to guess we're probably going to unfortunately start – limiting baseball talk a little bit i i wish it wasn't the case man i'm sorry i wish i i tried telling you on friday i assumed it was over and the Orioles were like hey just in case you're worried just in case you have any doubt left we want to go ahead and slam the door shut make sure you don't think there's any life still to be had here it's a bummer it's it's unfortunate um still uh magical season and um you know, uh, hopefully there are bigger things to come in the coming years. But uh, we'll focus probably primarily on football moving forward. Just the way it goes, the Ravens do beat the Jets 24-9. to Coming up today, we need your pats on the ass, obviously. It's the first pats on the ass of 2022. We will get to that. Andrew Catalan was on the call for the game for CBS. We will check in with him. Dan Wilcox, of course, our buddy, former Ravens tight end host of the Believe in Ravens podcast with Bo Smolka. By the way, we utterly forgot to put Bo on last week. It was, a, it was a weird Friday. I know it was a weird Friday, a lot yeah. going on. We just utterly, you and I didn't, at no point did we say, hey, what are we doing about Bo? Right. Yep, yeah. we got we to gotta, gotta lock that up, apologize to him. Like We got to do all those things. Um, but anyway, Dan will join us this morning. We'll get his thoughts on the Ravens opener. And uh, also Jeremy Kahn will check in with us, as he does every Monday. Today's show brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. The best place for watching and betting on all games is, of course, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, where they now have betting pads available, so you don't even have to get off your butt. You say, man, it'd be nice if we could you know, have mobile betting available. Well, you do if you're in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland because you can just show up. You can just uh, walk right up to the counter, say, hey, I'm looking for a betting pad, put your money on it, and then sit on your butt, sit on your keister, whether you're in one of the reclining chairs, whether you and your friends have a table for hanging out watching the games. If you weren't there yesterday and you've never experienced it, there's nothing more magical than spending a football Sunday in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel from start to finish. Eating multiple meals there, realizing the day has completely gotten away from you, looking down being like, have we been here for 13 hours? Yes. Yes, you have. And you're in no rush to leave. FanDuel Sportsbook, Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Um, the other thing that's coming up this morning, we have a lot to do. Griffin has to pay the ultimate price. No, not death. <laughs> Something far worse. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a bit. We will uh, save that for after we get into uh, our picks recap. Um, as far as the Ravens are concerned, I'll, I'll get it all, I'll kind of vomit it all off my chest. My column today at PressBoxOnline.com is far more about the Lamar Jackson situation. Now, it's not really telling you anything that I haven't already said on this show. If there was any ambiguity still left, 
it's been completely shut. We know, plain and simple, 1,000% what's going on. Real shame that Diana Rossini kind of didn't have her facts. I'm not trying to trash Diana Rossini. I think she does a, a good job mostly, but just a bummer that, like, I, I don't know if it was just that she got confused or she she asked her question poorly. It's a real bummer that the only, and I'm, it, I'm not going to put this just on Diana Rossini, that nobody else that was at the game thought maybe they should ask about all of this stuff. I, I mean, is that where we are with how much, like, is that because the Ravens intimidate reporters out of trying to ask important questions? I don't know what's going on. It's insane to me that all of this was floating around yesterday, and the only question we got about it for Lamar Jackson was, did you turn down $250 million guaranteed, which no one reported he did and would be insane. And he had every right to laugh at it. And again, I'm not I'm not trying to stomp all over Diana Rossini. I think she just... You know, this happens to all of us. Wires get crossed and, you know, our brain synapses don't fire in the right moment. No one reported that there was a $250 million guaranteed offer on the table because if there were, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Lamar Jackson would be signed at this point. So it's a shame between that and no one else asking that we didn't get any more information from Lamar directly. It'd be nice for him to say on the record, yeah, I want a fully guaranteed contract. But we don't need that necessarily. We've got it. You can parse through all of the reporting and understand that's what's going on. Lamar Jackson wants a fully guaranteed deal. The problem right now is fully guaranteed money. I, I'll give you one other little small thing I was told at one point. I was. It was also suggested to me that even if it weren't fully guaranteed, if the number were at least $200 million fully guaranteed, then perhaps that would have gotten it done. Now, I can't say that with certainty because I'm not Lamar Jackson. But it was something that, again, I was told by someone in the know about these conversations. Lamar Jackson wants, it's about fully guaranteed. It's about guaranteed money. Which goes back to all the things that, that we had talked about before when it became clearer that that was the case. Last week, when we started to understand, like, oh, that's what's going on here, it struck me. And we still go through all of the layers that make it awkward, right? Like, why does a quarterback need fully guaranteed? He's going to get his money. Quarterbacks aren't the guys that get cut. They have to go back to the quarterbacks to get give them more money because they're up against it when it comes to the cap. They can't cut a quarterback because the dead cap space would be lethal to a franchise. Quarterback, All quarterback contracts are guaranteed. They just don't say that they're guaranteed. But we know, based on the way that they're written, that they are. So why is it a big deal? The flip side, why couldn't a team just give a quarterback? They're going to pay the guy anyway. What, what, what does the language matter? Whatever contract you give Lamar Jackson, he's getting all of it. That's the way the quarterback contracts work. So what difference does it make to you about getting fully guaranteed or not it's a wink wink nudge nudge thing which is why you got to go to the next layer the next layer is is Lamar Jackson fighting for someone besides himself it was interesting to me what Chris Mortensen said yesterday was maybe the most interesting thing that we learned which was that maybe this is less about Lamar and more about his interaction with the NFLPA and that's not what Mortensen said. Mortensen said simply that he had been advised 
by the NFLPA in the process. And that's interesting, right? Because the Players Association, more than anyone else, is the group that's most interested in fully guaranteed contracts. Because this goes back to what I was saying. The quarterbacks are the only ones that have the leverage. They have to fight for it. If they don't get it, there's no chance that in the future the tight ends or the defensive tackles could ever get it. There's no way that even the good ones could walk in and ask for a fully guaranteed deal. No chance. If the quarterbacks don't get it. So if he's being advised by the NFLPA in the process, then the Players Association certainly would encourage him to say, get the get the fully guaranteed deal, whatever you got to do in order to get it. On the flip side, while yes, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, we all know that whatever Lamar Jackson gets is going to be guaranteed anyway, the point for the Ravens is that they don't want this to become commonplace. Steve Bishotti's got to fight about it. He's got to draw a line in the sand because he's representing the other owners. This goes back to what I said. It's a seminal moment in football history being disguised as a contract dispute. There is a fight for the soul of player contracts that's playing out right now. To Lamar Jackson's credit, nothing gets worked out on Friday. He shows up. He does his job. He plays quite well. The Ravens beat the Jets. And we have no reason to think he's not just going to keep doing that. There's no reason for me to live in fear. Now, I know somebody would say, hey, when something were to go wrong, that this presents an opportunity for it to get ugly, that this is a maybe broken relationship between player and team. And the bigger problem is that we do have to talk about deeper things. I made the comparison in today's column, as of course, here's my you know, tradition of giving away my column here on this Monday show. Um, I made the comparison the column to the way that I felt about Manny Machado in, say, 2014-2015. And we had, it was, I, I believe it was Buster, it might have been Tim Kirk, and we had one of the prominent MLB writers on the show, and I remember asking them, like, what do you say to Orioles fans who are worried about, well, this guy's just going to leave in a couple years? And I remember the response being, don't worry about that, enjoy the ride. And me just thinking to myself, hey, dude, we can enjoy the ride, but we're a little bit worried about whether the ride's going to stay on the tracks or not. Like, I don't get me wrong. I enjoy rides when I go to, to amusement parks. But if there's a 50-50 chance that the ride's going to fall off the tracks, it's going to take away from the enjoyment a little bit. I might still enjoy all the thrills, the loops, and all that sort of stuff, but if I'm going to end up with some broken bones at the end, it's going to be a problem. Yes, I can sit back and watch Lamar Jackson play and in a vacuum enjoy it and not what he did yesterday. I'm not at all clouded in how I look at it based on the uncertainty of his future in Baltimore. But the other thing still exists too, which is that there is no clear way to see this ending. There appear to be pretty hard lines drawn in the sand. For Lamar Jackson, guaranteed deal. For Steve Bishotti, not that. I don't know how you overcome that. I, I don't. I don't know how that gets overcome. I thought that maybe it would get overcome if a couple more quarterbacks also got fully guaranteed deals. 
As a couple people reminded me yesterday, Lamar's in a unique spot because he doesn't have an agent. Like these other players have agents who are like, dude, I want my cut. Get this deal done. I'm you're not the one doing it. I'm the one deciding what's best for you. I'm gonna get my money. You sign this deal, look at all the money we get. Whereas Lamar doesn't have somebody doing that. He gets to be the one to say, nah. I'm out. This is like I don't want to talk about things like, hey, at some point you have to trade Lamar Jackson. That's crazy to me, the fact that we would have that conversation. But it's not actually crazy. If the Ravens are drawing a hard line in the sand, and so is Lamar Jackson, and there's no wiggle room, and there's nowhere for this to go, and negotiations are basically wasted because at the end of the day, the Ravens aren't doing the one thing that Lamar Jackson requires to have happen, then what do you do? I don't have that answer. And I don't think it's easy either. I don't think it's just as simplistic as saying, well, this offseason you look to deal him. You still have a generational talent at quarterback. Even if you're not going to sign him, maybe the better answer is to try to win a Super Bowl for the next couple of years. Do the Rams method of saying, do something very unravens like Let's say the hell with everything, and let's go all in for two years while we still have the quarterback. But is that better than maybe trying to get five first-round draft picks, a, a treasure trove of draft picks with which to try to go about kind of building the franchise? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And all of this is presupposing there can be no wiggle room. And maybe, I don't know, at some point there could be, but I don't know how. If one person is very hell-bent on one thing very specifically, and the other person is very hell-bent very specifically on another thing, I don't know how you bridge that gap. I understand that we had uh, Joel Corey on recently, and he tried to write out a scenario by which it could work, but that involves it not being a fully guaranteed contract, and it feels like Lamar Jackson's saying pretty declaratively it's got to be a fully guaranteed contract. He's not using those words. Maybe somebody this week when Lamar speaks to the media on Wednesday, will be willing to ask it more directly. Maybe. I don't I don't know. I, I think that would be a good thing. I mean, I, I it's a shame. Even like Diana Rossini tweeted out a follow-up that was that was just as confusing to me. Diana Rossini, after her kind of again, I'm not trying to beat up Diana Rossini. I think she's a very good she just had a bit of a kerfuffle in the question that she asked of Lamar Jackson yesterday because it, it would be like asking me, hey, you know, did, did you turn down a date, uh, an invitation to go on a date with Mila Kunis? Like, no, I, I didn't do that. <laughs> no such thing occurred. And I'm, I get it. That's a bit more absurd than the way that the question was asked. She, she said, I just spoke with Lamar Jackson and asked if he turned down $160 million guaranteed. He said that isn't the exact number. He said roughly between $160 million and $180 million was offered, and he turned it down. I said, quote, you're going to ride it out all year, unquote. He said, quote, we'll see, unquote, with a smile. So it still doesn't directly answer the question of, does it need to be fully guaranteed? That would suggest the Ravens' offer had between 160 and $180 million of guaranteed money in it. Again, it's still worded in a weird way where, like, 
He said roughly between 160, 180 million was offered, and he turned it down. I'm I'm parsing that to mean that I assume, based on the way it was set up, that he's saying 160 to 180 million of guaranteed money was offered, which would be more than Russell Wilson, which would be more than other quarterbacks got, but it wouldn't be fully guaranteed. Are you going to write it out all year? He said, we'll see with a smile. I, I mean, again, as I also write, the, the only deadline here is the one that Lamar imposed himself. That's the only deadline involved. Is Lamar Jackson saying, I'm not going to negotiate in season. He can change his mind. <laughs> like He has the right. Nobody else is saying, you can't do this. I, I sh- football fans tend to think that football players should have one-track minds and should only think about one thing and should never have hobbies and should never do anything else in their lives. So I'm guessing that for football fans... If you're a Ravens fan, you like the idea of Lamar Jackson saying, I'm not going to think about this during the course of the season because you believe that that football players should have one-track minds. But if we get to the bye week and Lamar Jackson says, hey, can we talk again? There's no penalty for that. Like, there's no actual deadline. There's no actual rule that guys can't negotiate during the season. Lamar just said he didn't want to do it, which, respect, he has every right to that. But he can change his mind. Like, it's okay. It's okay for Lamar Jackson to wake up one day and be like, yeah, you know what, I'd rather, I'd rather have a deal in place if that's what he wants to do. But if it really is as simple as if you're not talking to me about a fully guaranteed contract, I'm not talking to you, well, then it doesn't make sense for him to go negotiate during the season. He's drawn a hard line in the sand. Does he um like does like if does it matter how much of like how much full, fully guaranteed money like it, like what if the contract is only 180 million but it's all fully guaranteed is that something that like he has to turn down because it's it's not a, it, Griffin, it's, it's a fair question to ask right yeah. it's a fair question to ask because you'd say hey, that's a fully guaranteed contract right, right? like and that's sort of the, like Kirk Cousins got a fully guaranteed yeah. contract once but it was 70 million bucks right it, it's not anything like what we're talking about with Deshaun Watson um. I I was to under again. This is I'm I, someone I know who has spoken to Lamar's camp. Told me that it was possible that if the deal was two hundred million dollars of guaranteed money, that it could get done. That that was a big number for them. So that wouldn't be fully guaranteed, right? Like mm-hmm. that that maybe could be the wiggle room where hey, look, it's a two it's a five year two hundred fifty million dollar deal. 200 of which is fully guaranteed maybe and i'm not i don't know right that's why i would like someone to just say hey lamar is this as simple as you need a fully guaranteed contract or not is there any wiggle room because if there is then maybe it could be discussed now still it's still 200 million dollars of guaranteed money that you're talking about which is drastically more than anybody besides deshaun watson has gotten so maybe there's some wiggle room there but if that's true then do your I, yeah like what if it's like I just a, don't think that contract I don't think yeah. that number works to begin with I just don't think there's any like way that that three fit. year one hundred sixty I mean that that would be that would be a completely different thing yeah right like I don't really know why he would do that considering right. he's got the next two if he gets two franchise tags he's gonna get that money fully guaranteed 50, anyway yeah. right like so I don't know why he would do that deal like I I just don't know what the benefit for Lamar would be I think tag he, he would have to start with a four year deal. But maybe maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It would be interesting to to know more about that. 
I would like for somebody to ask that question very cut and dry because it seems to be the case from afar. It's got to be fully guaranteed, and that makes us all so complicated. It makes me say, I don't know where this goes. I, I've always believed this would just get done. I, I don't know anymore. I really don't. I don't know. I can't say with certainty because it seems like the thing that we're fighting about is something that people feel very strongly about on one side or the other. And I don't know how you overcome that. As far as the football game is concerned. Again, I know, I don't really want it to be that we're talking about one thing and not the actual football game that occurred. But one, it was kind of a boring football game. And two, the other thing is the future of the franchise. Like, I, I, no offense, a little bit more important than one football game. Got to run the ball better. Got to run the ball better. I get it. No J.K. Dobbins yet. No Gus Edwards for another few weeks. Got to run the ball better. I hope that you get Tyler Linderbaum into the mix at some point. You get Ronnie Stanley back. God, I'm, I'm going to get sick of saying that sentence, mm-hmm. especially now with Juwan James sidelined. Um, I, I hope you get your running backs, you get your offensive line back together. You're going to be just fine running the football. This Kenyon Drake, Mike Davis thing is eerily reminiscent of Devontae Freeman and Latavius Murray and insert whatever other name that you want to insert from a year ago. Le'Veon Bell, Tyson Williams, just guys who, no offense, aren't really NFL running backs any longer or never would be in the case of Tyson Williams. And then Justice Hill probably falls into that Tyson Williams category. Um, They're not dynamic enough. They don't have at this point in their career the skill set necessary but I am at least a little bit concerned that it's something more than that at least a little bit I can't hide from that I I would like to think that this Greg Roman super dynamic unbelievable run offense would be the type of thing that could make it work when you have to plug somebody else in that it doesn't just require specific bodies to be the guys that are running the football so I'm concerned. I'm not judging it too much yet. I'll wait until the players are there before I start judging it. I mean, I, if the players are there, I think in the case of Ronnie Stanley, I mean, I think we have to be honest about that. Um, I'll wait until then for that to be the case. But it's on my radar. They looked kind of a mess yesterday because they couldn't run the football. Now, ultimately, they, they kind of figured some things out. And I thought Greg Roman called a pretty good game yesterday given the struggles they were having to run the ball. I think he had some unique ideas and unique concepts for getting Lamar out into space and you know making some throws easier. I, I think we'll get into it a little bit later. I don't want to give my pats on the ass away, but I think by far the biggest story of the day is Devin DuVernay. I, I think the biggest thing that could come out of yesterday's game was the Ravens identifying someone else who could be some sort of weapon or some sort of threat to make defenses think about it. Sauce Gardner was covering Mark Andrews because opposing teams just aren't threatened by what the Ravens have at wide receiver. So they, the fact that all three touchdowns yesterday, my, my buddy T-Bone pointed this out when he called into our... Uh, by the way, thanks to everybody who joined the postgame show on 105.7 The Fan. We'll still be doing halftime every week. Uh, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Uh, Project Game Day Halftime Show brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists, the all-new Ginsu Grills, and Glory Days Grill. And then we'll be doing a post-game over on 105.7 The Fan. Um, But yeah, all three touchdowns went to wide receivers. Uh, We haven't seen that much 
over the years in Baltimore. I don't know when we've seen that. So bully, that was that was a good thing. And I think it puts something on film and puts something on tape that requires um you know, opponents to have to think about that and to not just be dismissive of what the Ravens are doing as far as their skill position players are concerned. So that's a that's a very good thing. Defense, mixed bag. I mean, it played well, really. Played well. Tackling, still a little bit of an issue. Kyle Hamilton, hmm. Patrick Queen had a couple of misses in there, but I thought for the most part had a pretty good day. Um, getting pressure from the defensive line, very big positive big positive as we look at the differences in what Mike McDonald brings to the table from what uh, Wink Martindale brought to the table saying hey we can generate pressure up front without having to sell out and send and make ourselves vulnerable because we're trying to come up with all these exotic blitzes and sending safeties and things like that I thought that was a, a a very positive thing from yesterday's game I I thought that was great that you saw the pressure come from up front. I like that a lot. In all, I like the fact that the Ravens won a game. I like the fact that the Ravens won a game on the road. I like the fact that the Ravens won a game on the road in which they really weren't tested. It's easy to say, hey, that's what should have happened. They were facing Joe Flacco and the Jets. But this is still the NFL. This is still the league where we all thought the Colts were going to have no trouble in week one against the Houston Texans. And I get it. Davis Mills is definitely a more dynamic player at this point in his career than Joe Flacco is. Like, we all assumed certain results yesterday. Nobody thought the Bengals were going to be in trouble against the Steelers. You know, I get it. The Steelers are better than the Jets, but still, this is the NFL. We don't take things for granted. The Ravens won, and they won with relative ease. Even if it wasn't pretty, they won with relative ease, a game that wasn't even as close as the final score indicated because the Jets tacked on a, a garbage-time touchdown. And that that's a good thing. It's going to get more difficult. they got to get their pieces back. They still played without a lot of things yesterday. It's not just the running backs. It's not just Ronnie Stanley. It's not just Tyler Linderbaum. It's not just Tyus Bowser. It's not just Marcus Peters. It's still a hell of a list. Just that group. Uh, Nick Boyle. Hell of a list of what they were without yesterday. Hopefully, as they get some of those pieces back, and we all acknowledge this is football, you're going to lose other pieces. They already lost one in Juwan James. Hopefully, we get some positive news about Kyle Fuller today. It looked very bad in the moment and was kind of making you sick to your stomach. But I guess John Harbaugh afterwards said, hey, there's some reason for hope there. So hopefully there's some good news coming today during John Harbaugh's press conference in relation to Kyle Fuller. But as they get more of their pieces back in the coming weeks, hopefully they'll look even better. And they're going to need to because it gets more difficult with Miami this week and Buffalo looming two weeks after that. Today's show also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Fall seasonal menu is coming. In the meantime, the best Wings, ribs, burgers, you could ever ask for. Glory Days Grill. Get your order in glorydaysgrill.com. We'll talk more about the Ravens' win. Andrew Catalan was on the call for CBS. He joins us next. Glenn Clark Radio. 
See Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Academy, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. Don't miss the breathtaking excitement of the dynamic cross-country competition or the elegance of dressage and precision of show jumping. There's also great shopping and activities including a fresh food fest, corgi race, and a beer, wine, and spirits showcase. So come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th. Learn more and buy tickets at maryland5star.us. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. That first sip, that first bite, mm. starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fendel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. The Maryland Lottery presents Raven's Greatest Plays. 2021, the game on the line. With three seconds left, the Ravens connect on an impossibly long 66-yard field goal to beat Detroit, the longest field goal in history. Another great Ravens play belongs to Touchdown Joe from Silver Spring. Joe scratched a Raven scratch-off and won a top prize of $100,000. You could be next. Play Raven scratch-offs to win instant cash or enter to win great second-chance prizes. Please play responsibly. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Back in here on GCR, a reminder, no Tyus Bowser show this week as we're basically doing every other week this season. There will be a couple times in there the schedule gets a little bit weird with the bye, things like that. 
But next Tuesday night, we will be back in action September 20th. Tyus Bowser joins us at Skipjacks in Middle River with a special guest. Tyus Bowser's show is brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Grill and Maryland Vascular Specialists. It's a partnership with Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia. And you can find out more by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. Your opportunity to come out and meet your favorite Baltimore football players all season long. The Tyus Bowser Show returns next Tuesday night, September 20th at Skipjacks in Middle River. We can't wait to see you there. Ravens beat the Jets yesterday, 24-9. to This man was on the call. He's uh, been on the call for a few Ravens openers over the years, and I feel like they've always seemed to go the Ravens' way, so maybe we should keep uh, making this a regular date for him on the calendar. He is CBS play-by-play man extraordinaire Andrew Catalan, and he's with us now here on GCR. Andrew, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you as always. Thank you for taking the time for us. Yeah, great chatting with you as always, and thanks for having me. Uh, you know, I don't... Th- <laughs> I feel difficult saying this, Andrew. It was kind of a boring game yesterday, <laughs> and and yet, like, it was exactly what the Ravens needed to do. I, I feel bad talking about the fact that it was boring, but I, I'm sure you kind of had moments where you felt the same thing. On a day where the Ravens played well, were never really in doubt, won a road game in the NFL, which is never a given. I, I hate saying that, but, you know, we all were kind of watching the same game, weren't we? <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, a win, if you're a Ravens fan, is never boring. But in terms of the way it got there, yeah, the game really slowed down in the second half. And, you know, I said this on the air. We met with John Harbaugh on Saturday, and he kind of admitted, look, we didn't play our guys in the preseason, didn't practice against another team. It's week one. He kind of said, I don't really know what to expect in the first quarter or maybe the first half. It's going to be interesting to see you know, how we come out, and then we'll make adjustments from there. And it pretty much played out exactly that way. It was 3 nothing after one. You know, offense didn't really look good for, uh, for some of that first quarter into the first half. Made some adjustments, made a couple plays, and won the game. And ultimately, that's all they wanted to accomplish. Um, so, yeah, a whole hum game, but week one, you take a win anytime. Exactly right. This is the NFL night. A lot of teams thought that the Bengals probably thought they were getting a win yesterday, and the, the 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 Colts probably thought they were getting a win yesterday, and those things don't always happen. Um, Andrew, I, to me, the biggest storyline for the Ravens, I, I think, coming out of yesterday was Devin Duvernay, and a, a, you know we saw the Jets thought so highly of the Ravens receivers that they had Sauce Gardner covering Mark Andrews, right? Like, and I get Mark Andrews a dynamic weapon. I understand a lot of teams might choose to put you know, great defenders on Mark Andrews as the season goes on, but. They need to identify that they have something in a group that on paper looked very thin and inexperienced coming into the season. Um, how important do you think that was, what they did, having Devin Duvernay with two touchdowns, including one that was really kind of a, a, a ballsy throw from Lamar Jackson on third and five into absolutely tight, the tightest window we've maybe ever seen uh, in recent NFL history? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know that was, I'm sure, a big topic on your show all summer long. Who are these wide receivers that are going to step up? And I thought Duvernay, to your point, certainly made some big plays, a couple of touchdowns. Bateman, I thought, looked pretty good, too. I I think it's so important for this offense to make sure that defenses don't double Mark Andrews. There have to be other threats and other weapons, and I think eventually J.K. Dobbins getting back will, will help that. But in terms of the passing game, they need more big days from Duvernay and Bateman. And I think they'll get them. I mean, I really do. I, I like the looks of the offense. I really 
like how bulked up Lamar is. I think that it's noticeable on on the television mm-hmm. screen and on the field. I think that's going to help him and help this offense. And yeah, it wasn't their most crisp offensive showing. It wasn't the game in Miami to open the season in right. 2019, which you referenced that I called. It wasn't that. But I think it has a chance to get there, especially as Dobbins works his way back. So to your point, you know, the one thing that jumps out is they could not run the ball yesterday. And, and I, I don't know how to say it other than it, it's a, it's, it can't be like that. That's going to be – they got to be able to run the ball. Um, maybe they can't be the 2019 Ravens, but they need to be able to run the ball consistently well. I'm not ready to make any sort of grand statement because, as you point out, they still don't have their running backs, nor do they have Ronnie Stanley, nor do they have Tyler Linderbaum. Like, I, I file it away as a thing that occurred. I remember, hey, they didn't run the ball in game one, but I, I'm not ready to say it's a bigger problem until maybe they have their guys back out on the field. Yeah, I think with Dobbins and then hopefully eventually a healthy Gus Edwards, it'll look different in five or six weeks. I think it's going to take some time. I mean, I said this on the air that, you know, John Harbaugh said, I like what I've seen of Kenyon Drake so far, but I don't really know the guy because right. he hasn't been here that long. I mean, those are those are things that will get sorted out as the season goes on. They're, they are going to need, obviously, more than they had yesterday, but yesterday that was enough to get the job done. And, you know, good signs that Dobbins was at least limited in practice. I, I think it was smart uh, to not play those three guys, Dobbins, Stanley, and Peters. Obviously, it looks a lot smarter that they got the win. Uh, but you don't want to rush those things back, especially over a 17-game season. And I think eventually that running game will look a lot different uh, if we're talking a month from now. He is Andrew Catalan from CBS. He was on the call for Ravens-Jets yesterday. He's with us here on GCR. Andrew, what did you what did you learn? Um, I'm sure you had the same question as everybody else. What's a Mike McDonald defense going to look like for the Baltimore Ravens? We got used to the ever-aggressive Wink Martindale uh, defense here in Baltimore the last couple of years. What did you feel like you learned from watching the Ravens' defense yesterday? I think they're going to be really good. We met with Mike McDonald on Saturday. It was the first time I'd really chatted with him, and I came away very impressed. You know, week one, in his words, is really challenging because he's a numbers guy. He's a tendency guy. What do they do on this down? A tendency guy. What do they do on this down? What do they do there? Can't really do that in week one. Uh, so it was, you know, almost like there was no roadmap for, in, in a way. But the secondary is so much improved. I think they're going to make a ton of plays this year. And to me, the two best players on the field yesterday on either team were Justin Matabike and Michael Pierce. They were dominant. Those two guys were dominant yesterday, and that is a great sign on the defense where there's so much talk about Oway. Now, Justin Houston played great as well, but Michael Pierce and Justin Matabike played so well, and, and to me – the secondary is going to be there, but if they can complement it with this rush that those two guys showed and then, and how they did against the run even, I think that the Ravens' defense can be really good this year. I think that's such a, 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 a that point to me stands out so much, Andrew, because we got used to, you know, in, in a Wink Martindale defense, the job of a defensive lineman is to take on the double team and – that's basically, you know, there was all this frustration about all the money the Ravens paid Brandon Williams, and he just wasn't a guy that was in the backfield because the system set up for, hey, that's not what we need you to do. What we need you to do is go take on the double teams so that we can free things up for somebody else. And to see them generate rush and be disruptive the way that they were yesterday with their defensive line, 
it could be a massive story. We, you point out the fact that we've been talking about the wide receivers, and we definitely have on this show. We've also talked an awful lot about the, the lack of, of depth at edge rush um, during the course of the preseason. And to see that they were able to generate it up front and be disruptive that way without having to rely on edge rushers could be a major storyline for this team moving forward this season. I agree. And, you know, I think some detractors might say, well, the Jets' offensive line Fair. isn't that good. Right. Well, uh, you know, they, they're not that bad either. Now, they started a rookie at right tackle. That wasn't their plan. They had to move Fant over from right tackle to left tackle, but he played there the entire season last year, and the interior of their line is pretty good. I mean, Lakin Tomlinson was a big free agent. Elijah Vera Tucker was a first-round pick. So, you know, I, I don't. I think that it's a, it's a good showing, and I think some people might say, well, it came against the Jets, but that there were some very encouraging signs against what I think is a decent Jets offensive line because Flacco was under pressure the entire game. And I know people are going to be like, why didn't the Jets go to Mike White? Joe didn't look good at all. But, you know, he didn't have much of a chance yesterday either. And that was more because of the Ravens than I think it was because of the Jets line and Flacco. And by the way, to his credit, we actually saw a pretty amazing escapability play from Joe Flacco where he got the ball across (laughs) the field to the near sideline and nearly turned it into a first down, which I did not have that on my bingo card. Uh, yesterday, Andrew, I was not expecting you know, he to said that. to us, yeah, he said, he's like, look, I think my arm's the same, and I think I run the same, which has never been any right. good anyway. Right. So, even though he's 37, he, he's not going to move. If he moves like he did 10 years ago, it kind of looks the same, I think. Uh, outside of his first career NFL game where he had a long touchdown run, yes, he's never, he's yes. never been that guy. There's no doubt about it. Um, Andrew, I think, by the way, the point that you're making, which is broadened out, which is a lot of people would say, hey, you don't take anything from that game because it's the Jets. I I feel like there's a better way of saying that, which is, hey, we acknowledge it's the Jets, right? Like, we acknowledge you don't read too much into it, but you only get the fate. There's only so many NFL teams. There's 32 of them. Um, You're not playing, you know, East Kentucky, although I do think Eastern Kentucky won a game this weekend, actually, now that I say that out loud. Um, you know, you, I think there's a way to say, hey, we, we like some of the things we saw. It's clearly going to be a bit more difficult when you go up against the Dolphins a week from now or the Bills for sure in three weeks. And, you know, we think the Bengals after that. Like, I, I think there's a way of saying, hey, there's positives to take without suggesting that winning a game 24 to 9 over the Jets means you're definitely the favorites to win the Super Bowl in the AFC. No, I totally agree with you, especially after the way they went about in the preseason where Harbaugh told us, I don't really know what to expect because we haven't played anybody yet. I mean, I think that, you know, in some ways it's probably a good thing they didn't play the Bills right off the bat or the Steelers right off the bat or, you know, the Bengals. You know, the Jets were a good opponent for them to do what they did in the preseason and then also to not have to play Dobbins, Peters, and Stanley. Um not a bye week. The Jets could have won that game. i tell you what, I did a number of Jets games last year and the atmosphere at kickoff. Now it was 9-11 in week one and there's a sure. more optimism here in New York where I live, but you know, that, that wasn't, you know, I, I did some December games in the Meadowlands last year and there was half that crowd and then you're thinking, well, how is this going to work? But I was like, you know what? The Jets actually have some momentum. They're feeling good. They got their home fans. And it was only three nothing after one. You know that is a game that you know one play the other way, and we could be talking a little about a little bit of a different game. But credit to the Ravens, 
you know, they, they were able to figure it out after a slow first half. They made the plays when they had to, and to me, their defense played great, and I think those are all good signs going forward. All right, before I let you go, Andrew Catalana, you don't know I am an obsessed tennis fan. It's actually the sport that I care about more than I care about the Ravens or anything else going on here. Um, I actually do a, a tennis podcast with my buddy Greg Rosenthal from NFL Network. Um I, I this was a magical two weeks to me, man. Like this was as a as a real tennis fan, one of the most incredible sets of two weeks. I know you're heavily involved locally, a Maryland kid in Francis Tiafo making the run that he did and legitimately going Diego Schwartzman, Rafael Nadal, Andre Rublev, three straight wins, and then forcing Alcaraz to a fifth. Um, just your takeaways from these last two weeks and Obviously, there's a bit of a coronation involved where Carlos Alcaraz is the complete truth, and there is every reason to believe this dude maybe maybe won't win 20, but is going to win a lot of these things. Well, it's all well said, and from my perspective, I work the first five days of the Open for the world feed, so basically that means I announce it you know, online or to, to international countries that don't send their announcers or whatnot, but I get to be there, and that's why I want to do it because to me, and I'm from New Jersey, it's the last great classic sports event in this area. Yankee Stadium is new. City Field is new. MetLife is nothing like the old Giant Stadium. When you get a week or two weeks like we just had in New York with that atmosphere, it, to me, it's second to none. I mean, I, you know, I think I, I remember watching the old, you know, night matches with Roddick and Sampras and, and you go back to Jimmy Connors beating Crickstein and and then to me tennis kinda didn't have that for a while. And I'm not saying it's all the way back to that, but I do feel that these last two weeks were really important for tennis in the United States. I think the atmospheres were incredible. Obviously Serena had a lot to do with that, yep. but to your point what we saw on the men's side was fantastic, and I really hope this sport can build off these last two weeks in New York. It was a magical event, man. It was magical. Where are you headed next? I got Houston at Denver on Sunday, so it'll be Russell Wilson's first game as a Bronco. We'll see how they uh, they fare tonight in Seattle. He is Andrew Catalan. At Andrew Catalan on Twitter is how you follow him. Appreciate it as always, sir. May, may you have a lot more Ravens openers in the future the way this is working out. Right? <laughs> they got a pretty good record, yeah. Thank you, Thank sir. you. I appreciate you having me on. Thanks, Andrew. Andrew Catalan from CBS checking in with us here on GCR after he called yesterday's season opener. Hey, today's show is also brought to you by the Maryland Five Star. We need to rally up, embrace another massive sporting event that is being hosted in our backyard. See Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. Well, well, well. Uh, do we have a... Are we, are we good for a few yeah, minutes? Yeah, we're good here? for a few minutes. Okay, all right. Well, well, well. I think it's time we go over, uh, do a little nice little picks recap. Yeah, you think we not? should do that, Griffin? Yeah, you think we should do a picks recap? I right guess there? I don't really have a choice, I guess. Well, I mean, I think, we're, I think it's time for that. I think it's okay. time. Because okay. you know what? After what had been a rough weekend for, for some of us last week, most of us bounced back nicely. Everybody but Paul Valley bounced back really <laughs> what, nicely. What was Paul's week. record? Uh, three and six. Everybody else is over 500. Wow. Everybody else is over 500 Including this week. Andrew Stecka. Including Andrew Stecka. In fact, Andrew Stecka had uh, a five. Yeah, he had Texas. 
I he went bold. Yeah. He went bold. This is the way we have figured this math out before. If you're a lone wolf twice in picks, one typically them. you go one and one. So he I, missed the Jets. Yes, he missed the okay. Jets. All right, let's go okay. go by go through it. Uh, Maryland, Charlotte. I have no idea what Ken, Ken Zalas is doing. A really weird bit. <laughs> well, I mean, like this is what happened. Ken Zalas remembers this character that I had on the the old WNST morning show years ago. Um, like, and the character was that I was an obsessed Maryland homer, and it's all I care about. And so he's doing this bit where he's like, "That's still who I am," and so I'm gonna try to needle you and go the. This was a mistake. Like, I get it in week one, you know, but I, we tried saying this is less about Maryland and more about Charlotte. Like, they got their butts kicked by an FCS program. Now, Maryland's got to clean up their defense. I don't think people realize how difficult this week three game is against SMU. Yeah. I, I don't think the average person understands just how tough of a matchup that is. That's, that's going to be difficult. SMU can put up points, and Maryland's defense has been a little shaky. They're either going to need to score, you know, this might be a a 60-50 to type of game they need to win, or they need their defense to play better, because this could end up being significant, right? You know what the the over-under is right now? Oh, I'm going to guess it's 75. That's a little high. 69 and a half right now. Terps terps by three and a half. They're getting three and a half right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I I get that, or they're giving three and a half. They're 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 favored by three. Right, correct. They're giving. That's yes. when when because they're giving three. And you a half. get the points, like when you can lose by three and still cover. That means you're getting points. SMU played Lamar in North Texas. I get it. So we don't, you know, they haven't played anybody yet, but neither neither Maryland. Still, yeah. their offense is extraordinarily capable. Uh, Maryland uh, cruised 56-21, so they covered the 26-and-a-half. K- KZ, by the way, was also on Twitter talking S when Charlotte scored. KZ, two things. One, is convinced the name of the Charlotte team is the Miners. I don't know where that comes from. UTEP is the Miners. Charlotte's the 49ers, so they might use Niners, but they're definitely not the Miners. And multiple times on Twitter, KZ was talking about the Miners on Saturday. It's a very weird bit. Uh, ultimately, they let him down. Maryland wins uh, going away. Uh, Kentucky, Florida, tried telling you. I don't know what it is about Kentucky and Florida, but even when you start to buy into Florida, Kentucky always gives them fits. I didn't know they were going to win, but I definitely thought they were going to cover. Yeah. They ultimately win outright. Will Levis um, looks legit. Anthony Richardson, after a huge game against Utah, definitely came back to earth in week two. Uh, Kentucky wins 26-16. So myself, Griffin, KO, and KZ all got that one. As Griffin pointed out, Stecka was the lone wolf on Texas. And not only did they did they, they cover, won, they, they damn near won, won 100%. They blew a field goal late in the first half. If they had gotten that, then... They might have been victorious. Uh, Texas win. Uh, Texas or uh, sorry, Alabama holds on twenty to nineteen. I, I don't read too much into that. Nick Saban's got plenty of time to try to figure out whatever is going on with Alabama. I think they're definitely going to be in the mix at the end of the season. Um, the Thursday night game, the Bills and the Rams. Griffin, you missed this one. I did miss this one. Uh, yeah. That seems that seems relevant. Maybe we we file that away. Okay. Seems that seems relevant. Um. I, I did not expect that. Like, I took the Bills, but as I said, I was taking it out of principle just because, hey, if I believe the Bills are the team to beat going into the season, then I should probably pick them to win their week one game. I did not see them pounding the Rams the way that they did. Yeah. 
to open the season. That was I, the Rams were never even like it was never they were never. Well, a I mean, they, you say that they came back, they tied it up at ten yeah. after the Bills. But after the Bills jumped felt, out, it still felt like that was. It, it felt was like the Bills had vastly outplayed them in the first half, but like I did have that feeling in the pit of my stomach, like they outplayed them this much, and yet it's a ten ten game. That's dangerous. It was the opposite of that. The I, Bills yeah. demolished them in the second half. Um, clearly, Josh Allen looked like a monster. The Rams didn't throw the ball to Allen Robinson, which is quite the weird <laughs> bit. Don't know what that's all about. And he ran like I think he ran like every single route. Like every time they had a pass ball, like he was running routes. Like uh, they just were not targeting him. And it was it was that was that was bizarre. And it's really odd that that it Cam Akers' sudden death never made the papers. Just really strange <laughs> that no one bothered to cover that during the course of the offseason. I feel like that should have been a big story. <sighs> Buffalo wins going away, thirty-one to ten. Only. Myself and John Proctor were on the bills for that one. Um, I should have known. I should have known better. I should have known better I'll, than to pick against the Steelers. I think I, I, I accept this loss, I think. I, I should have known better. Now, look, it, goofy <laughs> as hell that the Bengals lost the game, but not they wouldn't have covered had they won the game. So if you don't know, they lost their long snapper, and then they had an extra point block that would have won the game in regulation. And then they had a field goal, field goal go awry. My friend made an interesting because they were taking that field goal on third down. So like the the holder, I think it was Huber. He should have just should have spiked yeah, spike the ball or whatever. Right, yeah. yeah, like there were uh, options for what yeah. to do in that situation. But uh, ultimately, neither it, it wouldn't have mattered. They wouldn't have covered the six and a half either yeah, way. Yeah. We are going to be losers no matter what. Proctor, Ottenheimer, Stetka, and KZ all had Pittsburgh as they won twenty three to twenty. And by the way, again, this is the type of thing that I know it's week one, so we don't read too much into it, but. Could be significant by the end of the season. If the Ravens and the Bengals are dueling for the division and the Bengals lost a home game to the Steelers that they shouldn't have lost, could be significant at the end of the year. It could also be the sign that I keep... Because remember, the Steelers outplayed the Bengals. They were dominating defensively. I know it's going to be hard for them losing T.J. Watt to to keep up that type of dominant defense. Um, but they were. They were dominant early. I guess Najee Harris, it's not as bad as they thought originally. Yeah, and, better, and better not be. He's on my fantasy team. And that's, uh, that's, a, that's a statement about you, yeah. dog. That's not, that's not a good thing. Um, but the T.J. Watt thing is very significant, of course. Um, and I don't know if they've confirmed yet that he's out for the year or not, but I think yeah, everybody said that was, it was, that was hard to watch. Torn, torn peck. And, you could see him out in the words where yeah, it was. Yeah, it's, it's it Dunskies. So I don't see how the Steelers keep it up, but, you know, I – we, it's the conversation we kept having. We had with Solomon Wilcox. We were probably being too dismissive of them when we remember that the only thing that really changed was their quarterback, and their quarterback last year wasn't good. So we probably were being unfair in the way that we were dismissing the Steelers. They opened up the season with a 23-20 overtime win against the Bengals. Uh, the Cowboys are an utter and complete disaster, and yet we're going to have to deal with them in national TV windows all season long. Not only did they stink, not only could they not do anything. I mean, that's one of the most inept offensive performances I've ever seen. Not only could they do nothing offensively, but on top of that, they lose Dak Prescott. For six to eight weeks is so. the word. Yeah. With a broken that's... hand, which is probably, it puts them in a bind. Because if he was going to be out for the season, then they could maybe try to go pull off a Jimmy Garoppolo trade or something like that. But six to eight weeks, they can't do that. And yet, in six to eight weeks... Their season could absolutely be doomed by the time he returns. And what's really doomed, I pray, one of these effing years, the networks learn that there are other goddamn teams in the NFL besides the Dallas Cowboys and stop shoving them up our asses. I am so sick. We are, it's so lazy. It's, 
well, they're very popular and they've got a lot of fans around the country, so we can always count on getting a big. God damn it! Oh, I mean, how much of it? How much of it is that Jerry Jones is just yes has great. It's not about it's not about Jerry it's Jones. Not that at all. It's, a, it's I know because I've talked to the networks about it. They can bank on the Cowboys drawing watch. an audience. They can always. Be, it's the reason why it's all they talk about on those stupid ESPN and Fox shows is the stupid Dallas Cowboys because they've always been able to count on it. And I always go back to it being a chicken and the egg thing. Maybe if you paid attention to other exciting athletes, exciting teams, those. Those teams would draw more, too. I don't know, because we never try. We just get lazy and do the same things. Here's more of the Cowboys. By the way, it's Bears-Packers on Sunday Night Football on Sunday. Yay. I mean, I guess at least we get Aaron Rodgers all out of it, although that didn't look so great yesterday. We'll get to that in a second. You know he'll Um, bounce back. He'll probably. I'd assume so. Um, But, like, we just... It's give me New York market, give me Cowboys, give me the things that we've always trusted instead of trying something else and seeing if maybe somebody might want to watch it. Bengals Steelers was great yesterday. The majority of the country have no idea. They didn't get to see it. But more Cowboys coming. Ugh, 19 to 3. Uh, myself, Griffin, Proctor, and Kyle got that point. Everybody was on Minnesota. I was really worried about know, that I, when it was when it was everybody. I was like, this is insane. This is insane that all of us are I on know. Minnesota. Uh, uh, not only did, that was obvious to all of us. Yes, apparently. not only did they cover, but they won easily. Yeah, uh, the Packers looked a mess. It's almost like when you get rid of your. I, I, I guess that's that's unfair because two different games happened yesterday involving teams that got rid of their top wide receiver. One of them had no problem in the Chiefs. The other one had serious problems in the Packers and Christian Watson dropping the football. It was rough. Now they'll get Alan Lazard back, so at least they'll have something in that capacity, but. They still got to figure out if, if Watson or Dobbs specifically can become yeah. a thing because it ain't going to be Sammy Watkins. I know that much. Um, Packers, just a mess offensively. They lose 23-7. to And the Vikings, who were a lot of people's sort of, you know, darkish horse, darkish horse to yeah. win the NFC, to make a run to the Super Bowl. Look, Justin Jefferson, my God. My God did he back up what, what he's done so far. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He was a monster. Um, and I think it was Aaron Oster who said, hey, maybe you should pay attention to the Justin Jefferson MVP market. There might be something there. Well, maybe there is. Uh, the Vikings win 23-7. to um, I was so close to, to, to fleshing this out. I was so close to being right about the Raiders and the three points not being enough. Ultimately, it was five points was the difference. Chargers do win 24-19 to over the Raiders. Uh, give that point to... Proctor, Stecka, and KZ. And then Stecka was the only one on the Jets. I have no idea. Again, that's the type of pick that makes me wonder about whether or not he's trying to throw this purposely. Uh, everybody else would got that point. So for the week, uh, John Proctor coming wow. through with a 7-2 and two week to lead the way. Big time stuff. Myself, Kyle Ottenheimer, both 6-3. and three. Oh, Griffin, uh, you went 5-4? and four? Well, that's that's pretty good. Five and four is a good week. That'll keep me from the bottom. Yeah, for... that's helpful. Yeah, you're not in last place. You're a game clear of being the worm right now. Uh, Griffin, Kyle, and Stecka all went five and four. And uh, Paul Valley, Eeks. Eeks. rough week for Paul. He went three and six. So now for the year, uh, uh, KZ and Kyle tied atop the table at ten and six. Proctor's a game back at nine and seven. I'm two games back of that, eight and eight for the year. Six and three got me back to 500 after a disastrous week one in college football. Um, 
Paul and Griffin sitting there at seven and nine, and then uh, Steck is still the worm, even though he had a decent week. He's still the worm, six and ten mm. at the moment. Uh, of course, for those that don't know, what we're playing for is a little bit of money. What we're trying to avoid is being the one that's got to come in here, eat a worm burger, as well as dress up like the worm, Dennis Rodman, perform the worm from Scotty Too Hottie, and then get stink faced like Rikishi style by whoever it is that we dropped the worm on. So I think that's all we needed to handle, right? We can move on. Nothing else to... Yeah, I think so. I think so. I feel, like there, I feel like there was one other thing. Uh, maybe it was like... I feel like there was one. We wanted one. to look ahead to next. Oh, did we have a like a side bet for this past week, you and I, Griffin? Did we have did some we? sort of side bet? I can go back and check. Well, I, 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 I swear to God, we were... For those that don't know, Griffin and I had a side bet I mean, on last week's picks. And he did well. Not quite well enough. Six and three over here, five and four over there, and the only game we picked differently was the Rams Bills. We picked everything else the same. Yeah. It all we he knew as of Thursday night. Uh, if you didn't see it, the Richard Petty Twitter account put out something recently that said that the legendary NASCAR driver loves a very specific type of sandwich. That sandwich, just a lot of mayo and a lot of pepper. That's it, a layer. We probably shouldn't have you make this right on top of all of the equipment. Yeah, I guess so. Should yeah, I that, move here? I'll that's move why here. I was wondering if you should have made it beforehand. Well, yeah. Well, do you have like a plate or something yeah, too to do. catch the pepper? I do. All right. Yeah, yeah definitely not where all the equipment is. Like, that's, that's too much. Um, Griffin is going to make a Richard Petty sandwich. Go, go ahead. I mean, we, we're okay. going to do this now. Okay. Like, we're not going right. to wait any longer. We're going to do it now. Griffin's going to make himself a Richard Petty sandwich. I will be the one. Take some pictures as you do it, Griffin, so that people can see. I understand. Yeah, I understand what you're doing. Just we got we to gotta do this because we got a guest at 11.15. So we got to uh, move some things around. Um, Griffin's got his. Now, John from Little Rock did it last week. And John from Little Rock said, use Duke's mayonnaise. It's smooth and creamy. Going to guess. Not going to make much of a difference in uh, how this works. I mean, John said use the Duke's mayonnaise. Yeah, so I, 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 took, I, took, I took his advice. Did you, uh, did you, you just went with the very generic, we don't even know where this came from, ground black pepper. Great value, ground black pepper. Could have come from any neighborhood uh, grocer. Uh, is there, is there a certain kind of pepper I should? Like, I think most people have the uh, McCormick's in their house. I think most people have a tin of uh, the, the, the local company. I think most people have that in these parts, a nice tin of ground, a packer. I didn't realize you had to go out and purchase so many things, by the way. I would have. It was just these two. I, I but to, I would have expected you fresh. to have well, mayonnaise did, and I pepper wanna, at home. Because I, I didn't want to like bring it from home. The all mayonnaise. Right, at least. All right, we're over. We're overthinking this. I'm. Whatever. And I wanted to get, whatever. Just I wanted to get the. Right, we got it. We got it. We got to move. We got to move. We got to get this moving, because we only have so much time for this, and we didn't make the sandwich ahead of time. All right. So Griffin is. is you have to. I'll, I'll go heavy on but remember on both sides heavy on both sides heavy 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 i don't think oh the camera God. i don't know that the camera can see the preparation of the sandwich it's all right we're on uh, if you're not with us we're on youtube youtube.com slash press box sports no it's not what? i can still there are still corners that aren't cut you saw the sandwich griffin for God's sakes! So much mayo now. I understand that, but you you were the one that made the bet, dog. You were the one that chose to get in on this. Um, I, I, did I have a choice? Like, what if I said <laughs> Proctor? Proctor's a funny guy. 
uh, uh, some people would pay really good money to have Dallas Cowboys up their ass. Well, maybe. Um, also says Griffin's mom would not let him bring her mayo and spices. Yeah, maybe not, Proctor. I'm not sure. I, I feel like I can still see veneer there. This is not supposed to look like uh, tortellini. This is supposed to be like ba- completely covered. Every ounce of it. It is a layer. It is, do you have the picture up of hang on, Petty? Hang on. I will pull it up. Richard Petty sandwich. We need to replicate the Richard Petty sandwich. Um, by the way, we will have uh, Dan Wilcox join us in just a couple of minutes as uh, we'll talk about what the Ravens did in week one with him, the former Ravens tight end. See? There is no... It is a layer. I can still see little pieces of bread there. I can still, still see... more than he does. No, you don't, dog. You're just saying that because you see all the pepper on top of it. I can still see places Wait, on so the sandwich. Where else, where else do you want me to Look in the corners. There are corners there that like are here? not... Cut. Yes, anywhere where it's not a a layer of of white or off-white, whatever it is that the color of mayonnaise is. Every single part of it needs to be covered. There can be no bread showing or seen through or anything like that. Let me see. I'll be the one to inspect it. I mean, All right, maybe. Maybe that's close enough. All right, thanks. It's a lot of mayonnaise. Yikes. Maybe that's close enough. Now, next, the pepper. You understand. You see what you're looking at. Look at all that pepper. Yeah, I see it. I like I like that you're going with the side that's not going to sprinkle. It's just going to pour. I mean, I, I like I that that's what you're going with. with. I like that that's how you've opened up the pepper. You know how you have on the pepper can, there's two sides. There's the option for pouring, which I don't know how anyone ever uses the pouring option. I don't know what the scenario is. Oh, that that's what happens when you go with the pouring side. I'm sure yeah, that's what it looks like. I'm still not certain that's enough. I mean, completely honest. I'm not sure. It's got to be a layer. Oh, maybe it is. Now that you start moving it around, maybe it's going to be enough pepper. Oh, my God. That's so much pepper. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, question. (laughs) Do I let Griffin have water for this? I know. Like, am I going to be okay? I don't know. You're not going to die from eating pepper. Now, you might start choking. That part might happen. We need you to get through the show. All right? That's so much. It's so much pepper. Oh, my God. All right, take pictures. Griffin, okay. don't forget that you got to take pictures okay. before. Like, Hang on. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take a picture right now. Hang on. I'm going to take one with you and one without you. Check All right. Want to get. Hang on a second. There's there's Griffin and his sandwich. Now, just one. Just one of the sandwich. Just want to see how much. Here, somehow take one that just shows just how much pepper that is. That is an ungodly amount of pepper. You definitely, in hindsight, you still should have stuck with the sprinkle side. You made a mistake going with the poor side. I don't know why the poor side exists on a tin of pepper. That it's no one. There is no scenario by which you should ever be using that much pepper. All right, use the sprinkle side. Use the sprinkle side. Use that. Jesus Christ, that is so much pepper. Oh my God, I don't think I've ever seen that much pepper. Oh, you know what? That does take a little while when you do the sprinkle side. Makes it more difficult. Got to cover it. Cover it, Griffin. Cover it. Cover the sandwich in pepper. Cover it. Yeah. This is what it looks like when I put Old Bay on my corn. It looks very similar. It's all, it's everywhere. Just nothing but it. All right. All right. I think we're good. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Oh. Jesus. This, all right. Oh, there's so much pepper. It's too much. There's no, it's too much. Oh, God. Look at that monstrosity. 
Why would anyone eat that? I'm surprised. I wonder how he kept it so clean. Right. You like, need to talk into the yeah, microphone. Yeah, I apologize. I wonder how he kept it so clean. Like, yeah, like his like his uh, workstation was very. Well, he's done it for apparently a long time. Yeah, I guess. I guess Look at true. how much pepper is on this sandwich. This is insane. Okay. All right, somehow. Did you? I need you to show the camera somehow how much pepper there is. I, no, 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 no. Listen, I. What did you hear? What I just said? Yeah. Somehow you need to well, show gonna, well, the people how much pepper there is, because I'm not gonna be able to get the picture up in real time. I need that. I don't know if that anybody sees that because we don't have anybody sitting by the. Ca- That's how much pepper is on that. It's it's, like, it's ungodly. I you can tilt it a little bit and maybe take the top off and sh- I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. It's a lot of pepper. Oh. And he eats this. All right. He chooses to. This is what he likes, Richard Petty. Good at driving cars. Otherwise, probably a terrorist. All right. You can take it back to your seat now. You can take it back because now you're you finished making it. Don't, don't get a mess everywhere, though. Well, do your best. Do your best somehow, pal. Do your best to not make a mess. All right. Um, just go for it. Like, this is the way it's going to go. We're going to have Griffin eat his sandwich. Describe it. I... I am really nervous that you're going to start choking on all that pepper. I am really nervous yeah, me that too. I'm going to have. Um, I have not practiced the Heimlich maneuver anytime in recently. Now I need to be prepared in case something were to happen to one of my kids. So this could be good practice. Oh, God. God. it's good shot. Good shot right there. Um, I guess. I guess I just got to go. Yes, that's what you have to do, and you have to eat the whole sandwich. You understand that? Like you can. You don't have to eat it all right now. You can eat a little bit, and then during the rest of the sure. show. By the time the show is over, you have to have consumed your sandwich. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, like God. Just looking at it is a nightmare. Oh. Oh. I don't think you think it's that bad. Oh, my God. I think you're about to say it's not that bad. Oh, no. Well, I definitely need to get it in my head that it's not that bad. Otherwise oh. I might, otherwise, I might gag. Oh, God. Oh. Who chooses to do this? Look at, look at, look at, the, look at the way it like, is. It's so much pepper. It's so much. Are you going to are you gonna choke? Are you going to choke? Are you going to vomit? I don't know. I might do, do you need me to get a trash can over by you? Get a trash can. It's, it's Griffin, get a trash can right next to you. We don't want to have to clean vomit up off the floor. Get a trash can right next to you just in case. This is a real thing. You okay. Yeah, now the pepper's starting to hit. Yeah, I bet it is. I bet it is. Were you, you, have you swallowed the bite? Yeah. Oh, boy. How you feeling? I feel okay. I don't even want to know what the heartburn's going to be like. Like, you're going to have an amount of heartburn that is in... Like, I, I am worried that you're going to feel like you're having a heart attack. Like, you're not actually going to be, but you're just going to feel like you're experiencing a heart attack. Okay, so one bite... Not too bad. I The pepper... I, I can feel the pepper, like, sitting in. Like, it's just, like, stuck oh to my, my mouth. God. So... I'll see how much see how much I can handle that. Right now, it's not that bad. Oh God! Take, um, all right, take one more bite before we go to break. Okay. One more bite before we go to break. I will. I will allow you during the break to get water. I'm not going to be a monster. That. I'm not going to be a monster about this. And I want to take big bites so I can try to get this over with. Oh God! Oh, there's there's a bite. Don't let. Hey, there's a bite of may- there's a little bit of mayo and pepper that's about to fall off the back of the sandwich. I want you to lick that off right now so Nothing it doesn't I fall can do off. About it. No, no, you're gonna lick that lick off, off right now. You're gonna lick it off so that we don't lose that. You're not you're not doing that. That's cheating. That's cheating. All and right, I, I think I'll you're. A s- I gotta finish this bite. This is bad. Oh god, this is not good. All right, I kind of. It's painful for me to look at this. It's really painful for me to look at you doing this. 
This seems like pure hell. And I gotta keep I gotta keep my hands clean. Oh just... god. I regret this oh. decision. I regret this decision entirely. Hey, today's show <laughs> is brought to you by Guilford Hall Brewery. Oh. They don't serve, I promise you, what you're gonna get at Guilford Hall Brewery is far better. Than the Richard Petty sandwich. Second plate is so much worse. Oh, really? Yeah. What makes it so much worse? I think just more pepper. Because you're already layered. It's already in layered in your mouth. It's yeah, I can understand that. They've got an Oktoberfest party coming up on September 24th, noon to midnight. Free admission, but there are two VIP ticket options available to purchase in advance. An all-you-can-drink beer and all-you-can-eat-and-drink ticket. Great contests like Dunk the Brewer, Stein Holding, giveaways throughout the day, music, games. So much happening on September 24th. Guilford Hall Brewery now opens seven days a week. Find out more. Get your VIP tickets for the Oktoberfest party by going to guilfordhall.com. The beer is excellent. The food, the Bavarian-style menu, is outstanding. No mayonnaise and pepper sandwiches. Their menu is excellent. Guilford Hall Brewery. When we come back in, we'll talk more about the Ravens win over the Jets. Hopefully, Griffin will have not will not have perished. I said he had to pay the ultimate price. Now I'm starting to worry if he might actually. Hopefully Griffin will not have perished by that point. Dan Wilcox, former Ravens tight end, will check in with us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back for season two of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And of course, our co hosts, Glenn and Rita. Or is it Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 1057 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at Pressbox online.com slash bowser the next tyus bowser show is tuesday september 20th at skip jack's crab deck in middle river it's brought to you by the all-new ginsu grill and maryland vascular specialists the latest edition of press box is available now on the cover bo smolka profiles ravens tight end mark andrews path to nfl stardom from his late decision to play the sport full-time through having to overcome type 1 diabetes and more also inside we introduce you to football players at maryland navy townsend and morgan state and we give you everything you need to know for betting football this season press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily cover demos, ravens, and terps at PressBoxOnline.com. See Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Academy, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. Don't miss the breathtaking excitement of the dynamic cross-country competition or the elegance of dressage and precision of show jumping. There's also great shopping and activities, including a fresh food fest, corgi race, and a beer, wine, and spirits showcase. So come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented 
presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th. Learn more and buy tickets at Maryland5star.us. The Maryland Lottery presents Ravens' Greatest Plays. 2001, the big one. New York had just scored, and momentum was on their side when the Ravens returned the ensuing kickoff 84 yards for the touchdown that cemented their first world championship. Another great Ravens play belongs to Beth of Riverdale. Beth played Ravens scratch-offs and won a chance to travel with the team to an away game. You could be next. Play Ravens scratch-offs with instant prizes up to $100,000, and please play responsibly. Come in for Glory Burgers, Glory Wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy their award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings, or try the fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or the scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for the daily specials every weekday, like $7.99 burgers on Mondays and $6.99 nachos on Thursdays. Dine in and let us serve you, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. That's glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sport. To follow the show on Instagram, it's just Glenn Clark Radio. And to follow the show on OnlyFans, wait, I don't think you're supposed to know about that one. Any hoodle, take it away, boys. All right. He has not, he hasn't perished yet. Uh, he hasn't, um, he hasn't uh, died. He hasn't uh, vomited. He hasn't done any of those things. Griffin is still working on his Richard Petty pepper and mayonnaise sandwich uh, right now where he put a... John from Little Rock says he put too much pepper on the sandwich. I say there's no such thing. Yeah, yeah you know, we try, we, we, you go for broke, don't you? Right? Like, you got it, you're trying to be the king. I got, you got to turn your microphone on. I th- well, yeah, well, my thing, well, I was going to say about John's, which, I mean, he, good for him that he did it. Yeah, but you uh, don't under think his he, own power. You I don't, don't think, think he, he actually fully rep- yeah, yeah. replicated the Richard Petty pepper. sandwich. Uh, I do think he's right, though, that yours is ended up being, oh, oh. Excuse me. Excuse that's me. Oh, that's the second one. The first yeah. one I would say was actually more violent. It was actually more violent. The first one, I I felt it somehow. The first one during the commercial break, uh, there was a burp that I somehow felt. Uh, yeah, Griffin is working his way through his Richard Petty sandwich of mayonnaise and black pepper, and it is truly disturbing. It is, God, it is disturbing. Hey, the Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Let's talk a little bit more about the Ravens' season opening victory over the Jets. Our next guest, you hear him on the Believe in Ravens podcast alongside our friend Bo Smolka. He is, of course, former Ravens tight end and all-time good dude, Mr. Dan Wilcox, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Dan, what's going on, brother? How are you? Oh, I'm going. I'm doing great, guys. How are you today? Everything's all right. The Ravens won. Life's good. It'd be a little bit better, maybe, if Lamar Jackson had a long-term deal. But you know, we'll take what we can get around here. We'll take the way that it goes. Hey, but before I get, hey man, all you can do is shoot your shot. What's that? All you can do is shoot your shot. That's true. And say no. That's true. That is true. Before we get into yesterday's game, Dan, and what maybe we learned, I don't. I assume that because Lamar didn't hold out, didn't hold in, didn't demand a trade, didn't do any of those things. There's there's no reason to be concerned about this having any impact over the season. I know people still say, hey, you know, these situations can get ugly and there can be a lack of trust and there can be awkwardness, things like that. But would you have any reason, if you were a teammate, would you have any reason to be concerned about the situation between Lamar and the Baltimore Ravens right now? 
Um, yeah, if I if I wanted to play with Lamar my entire career, yes. You know, like I feel like there's a opportunity there was an opportunity here to to try to make things right with this guy. And mind you, Lamar don't have an agent, so all these negotiations is going directly through him. The agent, the buffering, and those the, the the normal conversations that you would normally have with an agent that doesn't get back to the player is going directly through Lamar. So he's hearing everything the Ravens have to say, and obviously he wasn't happy with how they felt about him because he turned down the offer that they put on the table for him. So I mean, the thing can go left, it can go right, but I tell you what, he's playing for his money right now, and he felt like he was going to have a phenomenal year this year because the guy's a phenomenal player. Period. Nice. You know, so he's basically he's basically gambling and betting on himself right now. There's no doubt, and so far so good, right? I mean, it wasn't like he was the. It, maybe it wasn't the most brilliant we've ever seen Lamar yesterday, but he played quite well. Threw for three touchdowns, including two that were really spectacular in the win over the Jets. I mean, when you when, when you think about it, this is his first time playing since he got hurt last right. year. I mean, that was a phenomenal game he played. Like, I mean, let's let's keep it 100. I mean, he dude ain't played since like what week nine, week ten, or something like that last year. And now he comes out, no preseason, and then yep. that's the first time you see him play. That's a hell of a first game, I think. Let's talk a little bit more about that, uh, Dan. What do you make of the idea that, again, the Ravens won the game. They were never really tested, but it wasn't the most aesthetically pleasing football game, right? Like, they're, it wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. There are there You would hear the argument, hey, the Ravens maybe looked a little bit rusty. John Harbaugh said, I don't know what to expect because I didn't play my guys in the preseason. Do you think that any of what we saw yesterday when it wasn't perfect, when it was just sort of, especially in the first half, when it was kind of a grind, do you think that might have been related to the fact that so few of the starters, so few of the regulars played at all during the course of the preseason? Absolutely, 100%. I mean, this is just like, um, this is just, football isn't like riding a bike where you pick up a bike and you just ride 100 miles per hour and you hadn't rode it in 10 years. You know, so it's like you got to knock the rust off. You got to get you got to get the aches and the the, 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 you know, the nooks and bumps and bruises and all that stuff out of the way. And there's some there's some what do you call it? Like when you when you practice and you train, you got muscle memory things that you do. And then there's some things that are not muscle memory; they're reaction. So what you saw yesterday was all reaction time for them. You know, first time back in the game since last season, and now these guys are getting back into the fire. So in, in reaction time, in real time, things are going to still 100 miles per hour until they slow down for you, and they'll slow down for them in the next two or three weeks. I think about week four, week five is when you'll start to see, like, those perfect games that you're kind of used to seeing the Ravens play, those close to perfect games. Nobody plays a perfect game, but pretty close to it. But I think they got the job done. I think they did everything they needed to do. I think the first four or five series are going to be rough no matter who it was. I think you saw it across the NFL, all the way across the league. You know, everybody came out, looked really, really rusty because nobody has played their starters through preseason. You know, so, I mean, when you watch the, the, the Joe Burrow game with, um, with Pittsburgh, you know, the same thing with them. They all started off really slow and everything just kind of picked up as the game went on and it got better and better as the game went on. And I think that's what you saw with the Ravens. I, I feel like they got consistently better as the game went on. Uh, you know, and, I, and I'm and i good with that. I still – I'm in a weird place, Dan, because I, I am concerned about their lack of success in the run game yesterday, yet I know that they were still missing J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards and – you know Ronnie Stanley and Tyler Linderbaum, and there is reason to believe that it will get better. I don't. I don't know how to say like exactly what it is that I feel, which is that that can't happen. They have to be able to run the ball better. I. I guess I still think there's reason to believe that will come just as they get their pieces back. You know what, Glenn? It's funny that you said that, man. Because going into the season, everybody was complaining about the receivers. 
you know, so they have a good game receiving. Uh, everybody's worried about the running game. Right. Man. But that's, that's, how, that's how this thing works, man. You know, you're going to have some games where you're going to have two, 300 yards rushing, and you're going to have some games you're going to have three, four, five hundred 500 yards passing. You know, but it, it's, it's a back-and-forth thing. I mean, you just think, you just named it, man. You know, shoot, all those guys you just named it out, Linderbaum, Stanley, you know, Dobbins, you know, Gus Edwards. Man, that's that's a huge chunk of your offense. You just you really sit down and think about it. Your starting center, you know, your starting left tackle, your left tackle, your starting left tackle. You've been out for two years now. You want to nurse him back slowly and take your time with him and not rush it. And then you're talking about two major backs that could start anywhere in the league that you don't have, you know. So, I mean, to me, that's a huge fall-off from what you're supposed to have. And then you still got to work on chemistry, and you still got to work on starters playing for the first time, and you still got to knock the rust off, and you still got to get your timing and stuff right. You know, there was a lot of missed balls that was just mistimed and stuff like that as well that was thrown, man. And I think all that stuff is going to come like a world, like a world all machine in the future. You just have to be patient and just take the W for what it's worth. It's a W. Right, and by the way, I want to be fair. We all, I, I know that Tyler Linderbaum played, it's, and I've said that a couple times today. He's just working his way back, right? Like, he didn't have as much time together. I think he can still get better is the point that I'm trying to make because I did have someone reach out to me yeah. and say, like, hey, it sounds like you're saying Tyler Linderbaum didn't play. I know he played. He's just – he didn't right. have a full off season. He didn't have all of the opportunity in order to get. I think he can still get better than what we saw from him yesterday. Is the point that I'm trying to make, um, Dan? Absolutely, and and he's coming back off of injury too. So he, you know, he's coming back slowly too. Absolutely, go ahead, Glenn. No doubt, uh, Dan. The, you bring up the wide receivers. I think that to me is the biggest story. I, there's two things that I think are the biggest story. I'll get to the other one on defense in a second. On offense, I thought the biggest story was Devin Duvernay yesterday because I, I think you're seeing the Jets, they put Sauce Gardner on Mark Andrews, right? Like, they were not fearful of what the Ravens presented at wide receiver. To have three touchdowns all go to wide receivers, which you know, that hasn't happened a lot in Ravens history, man. <laughs> like, that's not normally the way that it works. And for Devin Duvernay to assert himself as being a guy not just that can make you know a, a catch when he's open, but dude, that first touchdown, there was no separation. Like that was a that was ballsy on both ends. The throw from Lamar to to hang in there, make the catch in the end zone on third down. Every element of that was ballsy. I, I think that goes a long way in in sh- putting things on film for defenses to have to think about um, when it comes to what it is they're up against in the Ravens' offense. I think for Lamar to be the best version of himself has to be, you know, I think we talked about this last time. I wanted to see the maturation of, of Lamar, you know, um, of him being able to throw those throws, those throws that the guy's not open and you got to throw him open, uh, or those back shoulder throws where, you know, the guy step for step, scribe for scribe, but he's not looking at the quarterback and the quarterback take his shot. Even the no-look pass that Lamar threw yesterday to Duvernay for the touchdown was freaking phenomenal for me. You know, it just to me that that's just showing his maturity as a football player and um, that he's getting more and more comfortable every single year. The more comfortable you get playing a game, the more you are to kind of go back to kind of being who you truly really are. And I think we're still scratching the surface of who Lamar Jackson is. You know, at 23 years old, he's still one of the youngest quarterbacks in the league, if not the youngest quarterback in the league right now. Um, you know, to be able to say, all right, Mark Andrews is locked up or, or they got two guys on him covering him, trying to take him away. I still got other studs out here I can get the ball through the deep ball, through the um, Bateman down the middle of the field on the yep. deep post. I mean, a phenomenal throw in stride. Did not break stride to go get it, to catch it. I mean, you can't make that stuff up. It's like 60 yards in the air, 70 yards in the air. He threw that ball, man. It was a beautiful play. Uh, it was it was phenomenal. There's no question. That was uh, over 50 yards in the air on that ball. That was a- a- absolutely spectacular. 
Uh, Dan Wilcox is with us here on GCR. Dan, the other big story to me yesterday was defensively the defensive line and maybe a lesson in what a Mike McDonald defense could be that we didn't necessarily see from a Wink Martindale defense the last few years, which was, you know, in, in that in that base 3-4, the job of the defensive lineman was to take on the double teams and to open things up for everybody else. We saw yesterday Justin Matabuike as well as Michael Pierce be really disruptive in the backfield and get after Joe Flacco and and make the plays themselves. Um, I think that could be a huge sign, especially when we talk about maybe how thin they are at edge rush right now. If that's a sign of things to come for this defense, they can generate those problems up front. Um, this might be an even better defense than what we've seen in the last couple of years. I think so, man. I think what Mike McDonald is doing is, is in these guys slant, you know, inside, outside, or right, left, however you want to call it. And it, it frees them up a little bit more if they're not just there to hold up the D line and let the linebackers run free. The, the linebackers have always been the strength of this defense, but quiet as it's kept, the D line has always been doing all the dirty work. You know, so basically now what you're doing is by having them slash and penetrate, you're making people have to respect your defensive linemen just like they got to respect your linebackers. So the D linemen get a chance to get in on the action now. I love that, man. I really do. I think you got some stud D linemen, and I think they want to have some fun out there as well. They they don't want to be practice dummies. They don't want to be the guys out there just having to hold guys up to let the other guys run free all the time. They want to make plays too. And I think when you do this, one of the things that Rex Ryan did, I think that really made me happy, you know, made me want to go switch to the defense side of the ball. He used to put plays in for everybody. You know, he'd have a play for Bark Scott, you know, Suggs, Ray. He'll, everybody knew when it was that guy's turn. So everybody did their job to help him, you know, be the best version of himself. And that's why you saw Dallas Thomas and, and Chris McAllister and all those yeah. guys, you know, it entered the Pro Bowl every year because Rex Ryan would implement plays for those guys, you know, just like the offensive guys had plays, so did the defensive guys had plays. And that makes the team special, man. It makes those guys want to hunt for each other and look out for one another and help each other out to exercise each other's best efforts. Uh, what else? Anything else that jumped out at you as you're watching the game yesterday that you're like, man, I'm going to file this away because I think me and Bo might be talking about it all season long. I think I was happy with Lamar. You know, yeah. like yeah, I knew the contract thing was on the table. I knew they was going to come out and start kind of slow. I knew it was going to take a little while to get into a rhythm. You know, but he didn't run the ball very much at all yesterday. And you know, a lot of times people were like he's a running back, he's a running back. You know, but he stood in the pocket and threw the ball extremely well all day yesterday and. And uh, I was just really impressed, man, with his poise and his level of maturity as a player. And super excited, man, to see what kind of year he's going to have this year. You know, I think anytime you put a man in a situation that you put Lamar in where he turns down a contract and said, I'm going to play this, this next year and I'm going to see if you guys want to give me more, I think he's going to go try to win two or three or four playoff games and, and see what happens. Can I ask you before I let you go, Dan, because a few people have asked me about it in the last 24 hours or – the we see again at the start of the season where the Ravens seem to be getting plays in late and they're getting to the huddle or getting out of the huddle late and they're getting plays off just before the, the clock expires. And for some people, yeah. the complaint is, hey, that doesn't allow for a lot of adjustment at the line when you see what you're up against. D have you noticed that? Does it bother you? Is there any like obvious explanation to maybe why the Ravens will be getting plays in so late and getting the line so late? Man, to me, that just shows you how, how technologically advanced that the Baltimore Ravens fans are for them to even be complaining about something like that. <laughs> it's just, but I think to me, it's just like everything else, Glenn. Like, it's so early in the year. Like, all that stuff has to be worked out, too. You know, like the coaching timing, you know, them, the coaching getting their rhythm and the coaching getting back into the vibe of, you know, calling plays on game day. All that stuff will kind of work its way out. 
you know, as time goes on, man. And, you know, a lot of this stuff is checked with me. You know, they'll call a play, they'll line up, they'll they'll say down, say, hut, hut, you know, and then they're not going to hike the ball at all. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to see what the defense is going to do pressure-wise. If they're going to blitz, they're going to send somebody or whatever and where it's going to come from. And then they'll make the play right there. And then so it's called check with me. You know, they'll, it's a dummy call. Then everybody look to the sideline. They'll get the play. Lamar echo the play to everybody. And then they'll, then they'll call the play and they'll run it. But the first time they get up to the line of scrimmage is actually not a play called at all. And it's designed that way to run the time off the clock, to take time off the clock and take and slow the game down and keep the ball in our offense hand longer versus putting our defense back on the field after being scratched and having to, you know, go through five, ten play drives. Okay. Okay, and I understand that. I understand the idea of, hey, this is we want to be the team that controls the ball, right? Like that's what we got used to in 2019. They wanted to control the ball. They wanted to suck time off the clock. They wanted to have it for 40 minutes, and uh, the other team only have it for 20. I I think that's a fair thing to bring up. Uh, believe in Ravens, of course. You and Bo, uh, Dan. Is there anything else I can plug for you, my friends? No, that's about it, man. Thanks, Glenn. I appreciate it, man. Me and, me and Bo will be back on this week again for another edition of the Believe in the Ravens podcast. And um, looking forward, man. I can't wait to kind of see what kind of stuff Bo stares up this week. And, um, man, I'm excited about the Ravens this year. I hope everybody else is, too. And don't doubt them. Just believe in them and continue to grow with them and, and know that you know, things are going to happen differently this year than last year. I love that. How, how about your family? How's everybody doing? Everybody's wonderful, G. How about that. yours, man? Man, my my boys are five and seven now, and they are little a holes. Like they are just <laughs> like they. It is it is something every day. But dude, I love it. You know that I love it. Every it don't get it don't get much better than that, Glenn. I'm telling you, mine yeah. is twelve and seventeen, and they both a holes too. <laughs> <laughs> don't stop brother don't stop hey man always appreciate you bro thank you for doing this dan we'll talk soon all right no problem glenn thanks for having me on the great dan wilcox checking in with us here on gcr one of my uh, absolute favorite humans on the face of the planet uh good man um yeah i know a lot of people are bringing that up to me the play clock thing i my my initial reaction is, yeah, you're right. That's not ideal. It's not ideal that they're flirting with the uh, delay of game penalties. It's not ideal that they're flirting with um, not being able to get plays in. By the way, before we get to Jeremy, Griffin, you all right? You doing okay? I mean, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna live. I mean, <laughs> that's the standard. <laughs> it's I'll yeah. Okay. I'll, well, hang on. When Jeremy comes on, we'll talk about it more with him. All right. Um, it's not ideal. I don't. I don't think so. Now, to Dan's point of is it part of a bigger strategy of we purposely want to run time off the clock. We want to be the team that holds the ball. We want to operate late in in the play clock. Perhaps. I know it's something that I've suggested before, and I've run up the flagpole a little bit, and I don't know that that's crazy. It it seems like maybe a couple times they've been semi-flirting with disaster as they've been doing it, but I don't think it's nuts. I don't think it's nuts. If you've not picked up the new print issue of Pressbox, we just had a Ravens tight end on the show. Now we got this one, Mark Andrews, on the cover of Pressbox. Go get it right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Read it all, pressboxonline.com. New print issue of Pressbox, Mark Andrews on the cover. Jeremy Kahn, Big Bag Morning Show, 105.7 The Fan with us now here on GCR, as he is every Monday. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? I'm good. I'm a little upset at the segue there because it was a perfect time to say, speaking of tight ends. Ah, have, you know, yes, like, yes. Like you missed the boat. The tight, I'm yeah. sorry. You know, what, I, you know where I wanted to go, though? I did have something prepared for you. Uh, you've put, oh, nice. You've put a lot of things in your mouth over the years. 
you've <laughs> you've been a man who's uh, never been afraid to. You, you you said you'd try anything once, right? That was always the way yeah. that you would you would uh, approach things. Yeah, um, Gri- yeah absolutely. Griffin lost. I don't know if you saw this. Are you familiar with the Richard Petty sandwich? No. So uh, NASCAR legend Richard Petty, his social media team put out there in the ether in the last couple of weeks that there is a particular sandwich that the man enjoys for whatever psychopathic reason. That sandwich is mayonnaise, black pepper, end of list. That's it? Oh, I did see somebody making one of those. I didn't know that was the Richard Petty. That is the Richard Petty sandwich. Uh we put a little side bet. Once we saw it last week and we used it for Would You Rather Wednesday, uh, we decided to put a little side bet on our picks this week. And hey, Griffin had a good week. He went five and four, but your boy oh, went six. Nice. And, your boy went six and three. There so you go. Griffin lost the bet, and he had to uh, make. And he did a bit where he took the tin of pepper and he. How he, else was I supposed to do it? Instead of using the sprinkle side, he decided to use the pour side. I I gotta be clear. Uh, I don't know why the pour side exists on on a tin of black pepper. I don't know who has ever poured black pepper like that. Um, it is a lot. I shared some pictures out. It was disturbing to look at. And there's a couple times I've looked over and I've been a little bit concerned that the young man is having a heart attack. Uh, would you, if I, you know, you're the type that tries a lot of seriously gross, disgusting things. If I said, yeah. Jeremy, why don't you come in next Monday after the show and have a Richard Petty sandwich? What would your response be? I mean, I'm always in, but it's not appealing at all. Like, <laughs> uh, I'm not. So the, the funny thing is like, I don't like, I'm not a mayonnaise guy, but I'll, I'll do like flavored aiolis. Like I've never liked mayonnaise. Yeah. Weird you, you, because- you know what? You and I are in agreement on this. Yeah, I just don't, I don't like it. It does nothing for me. I don't need it on my sandwich. I just, eh. And, I mean, I'm fine with black pepper, but, like, I, I've had a ton of poor man. One of the mightiest poor man sandwiches, the Richard Petty. So, I, I mean, I, I guess the answer is if you want me there, I'll come eat whatever you want me to eat. Well, but, uh, now that Griffin's listen, done it, I don't think any of the rest of us need to. I think It's that- not like, like, the taste isn't bad. It's just yeah, like, these I, are, like, I mean, it's like pepper and mayonnaise. Like, these are oh, and, and every it's, single. It's it a every really a healthy amount. That's the thing yeah, too. Yeah, Even yeah. the petty sandwich right. was like it. It covered the pepper covered the mayonnaise. It's just two things that I don't think should be in your body. Yeah, at, 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 with an this, overabundance of yeah, this and, amount is entirely too much. Uh, so I can give, give you a couple other things that shouldn't be in your body. If you, <laughs> you need those things all there. So. Give me the word. of trying everything once. When when you say when you say that you've had a few poor man, give me the biggest struggle meal you think you've ever had in your life. Um, I would say like, oh man, I've 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 eaten everything. Like I've eaten boxes of macaroni and cheese for weeks upon weeks. Um, oh, hang on, but that but, might uh, that might you would do that this week percentage. <laughs> uh, maybe I mean, but like as a kid, it was different. Like I'd come home and eat entire boxes or packages of rice or whatever you know the the biggest poor man meal what would that have been for me because like i've i've done the we've done the spam or bologna sandwiches we, we'd had the bologna with the um the craft cheese like the the singles on there before like i think that's probably are you, wait are you puking are you hang on a second i thought he was going to puke i thought he was going to is puke growing up is he uh, eating it now no, he's been eating it all morning. Like he's been attempting oh. to consume the sandwich, and I thought he was about to go puke, uh, but apparently he's just going to get a napkin, which is very disappointing. But, I, but I thought we're getting. I yeah. think I, I think I've told you this before, though, Glenn. Like I can't eat tuna fish. 
I can't. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't like tuna fish. If I take a bite of the, the smell, the taste. I told my babysitter when I was a kid. I said, "This stuff's going to make me throw up." She's like, "Oh, just eat it." Took a bite, threw up all over the table. And believe me. Oh, oh God! I don't. I don't think it would be that for me, but I definitely don't. I don't care for tuna fish. Like I smell it, and I'm like, my. I hate that smell. My my wife Ugh. and one of my sons both enjoy like a tuna melt. Um, and they'll make them, and the smell will be in the kitchen, and I will have like a legitimate reflex when I smell it. I will, oh, yeah, no. it, it reminds me of the worst relationship I've ever had. So, ooh, okay, I can't do it. okay, all right, yeah. that's not great. That's that's not great. I went when I first moved to Arizona, when I was I guess I was twenty two or twenty three, whatever I was at that point. I was so broke when I first got there that it was legitimately peanut butter and jelly and um <clears throat> oh, oh oh sorry sorry oh wow did it come up <laughs> you gonna be all right yeah i'm good i'm good oh, that's a good one i did tell tell him his, a lot fir- of pepper. his first burp was during the commercial break and it was righteous and i said griffin you have to do that on the air you have to do it into the microphone you can't leave those on the table my friend um you're learning how to do radio i had it was peanut butter jelly and ramen noodles Every night. That was dinner every night for like the first month. Yeah, I've had a couple of those weeks. Like when I was at my poorest, the best thing was I was working at a pizza shop. So like I would always be able to take food home and stuff like, you know, there were always options. But I've definitely 100% had those weeks where it's like ramen noodles, peanut butter and jelly. And I can eat peanut butter and jelly like it's going out of style. And that's the funny thing. I remember um, saying to like my buddy who was also working at the radio station at the time, like, this is actually okay by me. I actually love peanut butter and jelly and ramen noodles. Like, I can... Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh. Wow. How you doing? Yeah, right? God, this is this is hot. Um, like, I can handle being broke because I'm kind of used to being broke. Like, these, I enjoy yeah. these things. I'm good. <laughs> like, I can live well, this way. There is something to the, the art of making it interesting because I remember making, like, just coming home, like, some of my drunk feasts are poor man feasts. Like when I would come home drunk, searching the cabinets, oh. looking for stuff. I remember one night I I, I grilled, <laughs> I pan fried some sauerkraut and ate it. What? And the next morning I immediately re- yeah I came yeah, home like you're... annihilated. Yeah, that's not yeah. gonna feel good coming back up. That's not. Oh no, that's because not I, gonna I sprinkled go hot well. peppers in it too. What for are you some doing? Reason, which was, I don't. know. I was drunk. Ask yeah. drunk me next time you see him. Yeah, fair enough. You might have an answer. Fair enough. God, man. All right. Uh, he's Jeremy Kahn, 105.7 The Fan. Um, where are you with the – like, I wrote something about this today, that I don't think that the stuff with Lamar is going to interfere with what the Ravens are trying to do this year. I genuinely if – if he wasn't mad to this point, I don't understand why suddenly he'd wake up a month from now and be pissed off and would cause problems or anything like that. For whatever reason, he doesn't want to demand a trade. He doesn't – he just – this is the way he wants to go about his business. He has every right. But I can't help but say, if this really does come down to he's he wants a fully guaranteed contract, the Ravens aren't going to do that. I, I don't know where there's going to be an impasse here. Like, I, yeah, I don't. It's the part about it. It's like I, I'm comparing it to what I was feeling with Manny Machado a few years back, which was I can enjoy it and appreciate what I'm watching, but I can't help but think about a little bit of dread. That, oh yeah, that I feel in the back of my mind related to Lamar Jackson and like the realization that I dude I don't know how this ends up getting played out because this seems like a pretty significant thing that neither side wants to budge on yeah and and I don't know what happened plus he's getting pressure from the players association to get the fully guaranteed deal 
Um, you know, I, I hate when that happens because they want to make themselves look good, and I get it. Like, it, it helps him, and he probably has – I mean, he's probably holding more of the cards than the Ravens because, let's be honest, if it doesn't work out with the Ravens and he hits the open market, he's going to get paid. Somebody will give him what he wants because if you watch yesterday, ooh, uh, there were a lot of uh, starved teams for quarterback play. Yes, that's so. th- th- there's always uh, – this is what – we can say, hey, the Browns were an outlier, right? Like, they were in an emergency situation. They had pissed off their quarterback. He was going to want out. They had to have somebody. Desperate times called for desperate measures, right? Like, you can say that, except it's it only takes one other team being desperate. Right now, I, I, I don't know what we're going to see from Geno Smith tonight, but if I had to guess, the Seattle Seahawks are pretty freaking desperate. Like, if I had to guess, they're probably a desperate franchise. The New York Jets have to be pretty close to being desperate. Like, th- there has yeah. to be desperate, and all it takes is desperation for somebody else to say it. So what if that desperation sits in sets in this offseason and the, the Seahawks call and say, dude, we'll give you four first-round picks and more we're desperate. We have to have a quarterback. We can't continue to live in purgatory. And you know, you're not going to budge on fully guaranteed. He's not going to budge on fully guaranteed. What do you do then? It sucks, man, because I, I hate being in this situation. Ultimately, I think they get something done. Um, but I don't know where the cooler head is going to perfect. Like, who's who's going to budge, right? I, the Ravens have never done business like this. And the sad part is just their business model. And I'm not knocking it because it's worked well for them. But let's be honest, like, if they'd gone to him sooner, would this have been better before this Watson thing? If they had made, and I don't even know, like, I'm not privy to the information if there were offers that were made way back when that were similar to this. But, like, let's be honest, the guaranteed money went up after Watson um, and and probably after Wilson and Murray got theirs. But now you're right back in the same boat where you've got other quarterbacks that are going to be coming up. And now we're going to be playing this game with, right. um, you know, Joe Burrow and, and, and the, Herbert, the teams yeah. that are going to get deals done. Yeah, and Herbert's the other one. So you're not like it's not like a situation where um, they, the, you know, they're uh, they're they're in this perfect situation where it's going to work out in their end. It's not. It's just like I, I feel like they're going to have to be the ones that budge. I, the weird part to me is like the what you could say is, hey, if enough quarterbacks get deals that aren't fully guaranteed, wouldn't that force Lamar to say, okay, I get it. This isn't the way the market's working. But I think that the, the point, it, it was made to me by a couple people. All those other quarterbacks have agents that they want to get paid. And it's easier for them to say, hey, dude, not worth the fight. Look at how much money you're getting. Chill out. Take the deal. This is not the same situation. The idea that he's being advised by the NFLPA, to your point, that to me was a very interesting thing that came out yesterday. And I had heard in the last couple of weeks that maybe there was an amount of pressure. They're trying to completely... They're trying to flip football upside down. They want it to be that, that not only can Lamar Jackson get fully guaranteed contracts, they want everyone to be able to get fully guaranteed contract. If Lamar's not willing to fight about it and the quarterbacks don't use their leverage and the other players never have a prayer of doing that. So, man, I, I, keep, I have said all along the same thing, Jeremy, that ultimately I think something will get done. This is the first time that I've ever had to sit down and say to myself, I don't know that because I just don't know how you bridge this gap if and i understand i'm not i think a lot of people would say hey ultimately just whatever he wants get it done you can't live in a world where you don't have a quarterback and and i'm probably closer to that but i do understand why steve bishotti's fighting about it i do understand why the ravens aren't just lining up and saying fine the hell with it here's your fully guaranteed deal he's got to face amount of pressure like there's 31 other owners and and 30 of them 
aren't doing this. And he's got to walk into them and say, hey, sorry, I needed to have my quarterback, so screw you. I gave him a fully guaranteed deal. Like, I, it is a tough position for everybody to be in. Yeah, and I, I don't. I, I think ultimately that it comes down to whether or not the Ravens are willing to budge because if they don't budge, I don't see any reason outside of poor play or injury, and even in poor play. Like, let's say he has a down year. There's still a track record there. He's going to get franchised for at least one year, more than likely two. Um, and I think that ultimately becomes frustrating. I think it has more of a chance of ruining things long-term. Because, uh, you know, some people were like, oh, is Lamar not running because he's not – the best way for him to get paid is to keep playing the way he's been playing. Correct. Um, but ultimately, as like if, if we want to be honest with ourselves and talk about the, the progression of a quarterback like Lamar, it is ultimately to start cutting down some on the running and focusing more – more on passing, and I'm, what I mean by cutting down on the running is less design run, because I, I still think he's going to take off. I Okay, let's talk about that, Jeremy, because I, I hear what you're saying, but this always, to me, comes back to we have the data, right? Like, the, the, the argument against running is you're at more risk of getting hurt, but we know we, we, we that has been so disproven at this point. Like we have. Oh no, I don't mean it from that standpoint, though. I'm just talking about the at some point At some point in the future, you're, okay. Yeah, because what they're going to start doing is stacking the box and they give you the one-on-one on the outside. And when he becomes a and, – and I think he's a better passer, but when he – like cover zero last year. We all knew what they were doing because of what they had. Until you prove that you can oh. beat that, you're going to see it all the time. It's, yeah, sorry. I was going to let one out too, but I can't <laughs> trust one. It was going to come out the other way. But uh, no, but in all, all seriousness, Glenn, like, you know, when, when you go back to last year, teams were doing that because it could, it's, not, it's like a, a hitter that can't hit a breaking ball. Why would you throw him anything else in a breaking ball? Um, you know, G-Man Choi for the Rays can't hit a fastball right now. Keep pumping fastballs at him. If he can't catch up to it, he's not going to be in the major leagues that long. So, you know, like there's there are things to look at from that standpoint where teams are going to stuff the box and say, okay, either you're going to get better wide receivers that can win consistently or we're going to lose because we keep matching up one-on-one and your quarterback is so dynamic that he can make us pay for it. But I think ultimately once the passing becomes better, the running becomes better as well. I, I understand. Right. I understand yeah. everything about what you're saying. I there is a small part of me that actually. Oh my god, man! My I, I've never heard anything. Uh, pepper's bad. Don't dude. don't like, whatever you do. Don't force them. Okay. All right. Don't. Do I, I know you, like cinnamon or do they like pepper? I don't remember. <laughs> don't. I don't remember either. Um. I'm in a. I'm in a weird. I think the Ravens would be well served to have Lamar run more. Right, like I—that was one thing that jumped out at me last year. It jumped out at me again yesterday. That I think you are neutering yourself is the wrong way of saying it, but limiting yourself in what your offensive capacity is when you don't have him purposely run the ball more. Um, I—I get the argument. I get exactly what it is that you're saying. Um, I think that 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 the threat is more important maybe than the the practical like part of it, like how much he often he does run. But there are a lot of times where we would – all, all last season when the, the, the film guys – and I, I had this conversation with our buddy um, – oh, who's the guy out? It's Doug Farrar. We, had, we just had this conversation where he's sharing a video of a play, and I'm looking at it, and I'm saying, Doug, all I see right there is why has Lamar not taken off? And he's like, you know what? You make a great point. Like, like the problem's not really about the design of the play from Greg Roman. It's that the way the play worked out was perfect. He's got – all sorts of room to run. And we saw him in, in panic mode yesterday come up with a scramble. But I, I don't know. It, it actually has kind of bothered me that it seems like he doesn't – he feels less interested in running in a lot of situations. 
And I don't necessarily want him to cut out running. I would rather see him run more on some of the pass plays. Now, I'm not talking about Jalen Hurts, who drops back and can't find anyone open and just runs um, like he did all day yesterday. Um, I'm talking about legitimately drop back. And I think Lamar Lamar goes through his progression as good or better than most quarterbacks in the league. Uh, and then to take off and run when things break down. Because you're almost, by having a player of Lamar's capabilities, you're almost always going to see uh, a zone defense or, at worst, man defense with a quarterback spot. I mean, you're going to, like, it's, it, just, it just makes sense because if you go man-to-man and everybody turns their back and runs and you don't have a spy on Lamar, he's just going to take off and burn right. you. And that's what, that's what Vic would do. Like, I, I think Josh Allen does a lot more than that. Like, yeah, you're going to have your design runs, your – whatever it is, four to eight plays, maybe more, depending on the game style and what's happening. Um, but, you know, I'd like to see those runs happen because, to me, that's when a defense is breaking down and he has a chance not only to make big plays in the passing game but also big plays with his feet when he doesn't like what he sees. I, that, that part, I, 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 just, I would like to see a little bit more of that. I would like to see that yeah. a little bit more moving forward. Um, all right, so, I mean, we can, we can – this was the final nail in the coffin for the Orioles, correct? Like, this, this was it – Feels like it. Yeah, they had, I think going into Saturday, they had an 8% chance of making the playoffs. Now you're asking them just to kind of snap their fingers, figure it out, make a run, and just start beating everyone. And um, I don't see it. You still have, what, another series left against Houston. You have, you get Toronto at the end of the year. Um, you, you need one of these other teams to just kind of fall apart and you to catch a little bit of fire. But ultimately, it looks like it's. There's no light at the end of that tunnel. I'm assuming that based on the way that you talked about it at the time, you're not someone who has any sort of like second guessing or, you know, revisionist nope. history thought about the decisions that they made. Like you're okay if this was the price they paid. If if not having one more bat and not having one more bullpen arm was what you had to pay and missing the playoffs because of it, you're still good with the decision. It's it's, it's a smart thing to do, and there was no guarantee that they make that run with the other guys here. I, I don't I don't think we can single handedly put. Like, we looked at the offense lacking. I don't know that – look, I love Trey Mancini. I don't know if he's having a, a stellar season or whatever in the middle of the offense and carries it over after the trade deadline that we all go, yeah, he's the sole reason why they're in this. Um, I don't know what having those guys for the past few weeks would have mounted to as far as wins and losses go. Um, but I, I think they, they did it right. And what sucks about that is, like, I, I'd like to say you're not going to find a bigger Mancini fan, and I didn't want to see him get traded. But I totally understood why they did it. Yeah, um, I, I, I think it was the smart business thing. Although, you know, I would have rather seen him be an Oriole for the rest of his life. But that's just me being a fan. Yeah, it's a tough thing for me, man. Because I, I think you're probably right, but there is still a part of me that's like, I don't, I just don't know that you needed to do it, right? And I'm always going to come back. I hope, I hope that in three years we're having this conversation, and you're saying, dude, look how well, good Chase McDermott is. Don't you feel stupid forever, th- you know, thinking, thinking twice yeah. about it. I hope that's and, the and case. That's a, the kid that got Tommy John, is that who you're talking about? Uh, um, no, that's Seth, that's, that's Seth um, Johnson. Seth, what the hell is his name? Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Seth Johnson. I, yeah, so, like, the guys they got back, I'm excited about because I, I do think they got back some pretty good value for it. The un, like, and the weird thing is, like, some of the arms that they were getting back, it almost kind of like if you look at the way that uh, you expect the minor leagues to filter, you know, like, guys are getting called up. It's like, oh, well, what happens after this wave if it doesn't work out? you have your next wave that's ready with some of the other draft picks you're going to have because they haven't been great pitching drafts the past couple of years, at least in the Orioles' minds, because they've been they've drafted some college guys, but we don't know what the upside of that is. Um, and having some of these guys that they really like, and, and I'm well past the position. I, I, trust the, uh, I trust the front office, and I'm not trying to cop out or be a homer in that aspect, but 
I feel like they've done a really good job with all that they've had. I, you know, again, they still have to prove that they can take the next step, right? Like, they still have to prove yeah. that they can build a winner. I, for the most part, agree, and for the most part, I'm on board. And this yeah. is, it's it's a disappointing feeling that you were in it for as long as you were, and it was a magical thing, and for it to just kind of fall apart um, in the over the course of the last week, it's disappointing. But in general, am I still on board? Yeah, and I they got to go prove that the next thing is they can only say they're going to spend money so much. They have to go do it. They have to go. That can't just be lip service or spending money can't just be, you know, going out and signing another Jordan Lyles. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. they say those things, you can't set that bar and then fall short of it. That becomes problematic. But are you ready for what the tough offseason is? Like everybody would tell you that they need starting pitching, right? Or you need you need the go-to guy that you want, but the pitching's been fine. Not that I'm not saying oh, they, they need to upgrade a lot of spots. No, but but, then, but to your but, point, they, they have about eight guys that are all in the conversation for the rotation next year. Yeah, and then the other thing, too, is it's not like outside what Carlos Rodon, uh, what Verlander could hit the open market, Clayton Kershaw is going to – it's a lot of older vets. Right. They want to come here for a one-year deal. Not that you don't trust them. Um, and then there's the likes of – you know, like, I've been arguing with people about Jorge Mateo. It's like, oh, you can't move him. I'm like, all right, guys. Would you rather have Jorge Mateo or Trey Turner? Like, would you rather have Jorge Mateo or Carlos Cr Like, we can look at it, and you can look at one singular year and say the guy's having a phenomenal year, and I right. love him. Right. But to me, he's better as a rotational piece. And the scary part is, like, ironically, you know, you're, you look at second base, third base um, as places that you can upgrade. Most people would like the outfield, but – you can't tell me after seeing what happened in the second half of the season that they may not start looking for Austin Hayes' replacement in the outfield. Of course not. Or even at Mountcastle at first base, where one of those guys could become a DH, primary, you know, play the first base outfield stuff on occasion. But, you know, there, I think there's some wholesale changes coming to the everyday lineup if they go out and spend money the way we think they might. And I definitely think they're going to be in on Correa. If they were reportedly in and on the offseason last year, and he's going to opt out, you can't tell me they're not going to kick I, the tires. I agree, but I got it, man. I am struggling with it though. Like, is he like just looking at the numbers? Is he really worth the amount of money that we're talking about? I like I, I know he's probably not, but there's no doubt in my mind he's way better than Mateo right, and, right, and, and he's, all that. he's definitely better than the average shortstop. And that's one of the things people yeah. told me is like, hey, I know the numbers aren't eye-opening necessarily. But you got to look at the average shortstop around baseball and understand how much more valuable he is. I I hear you. I hear you. But maybe I am still I'm, I'm I am in nervous about how this worked the last time when you gave out a massive contract and then you decided that was the only massive contract that you're giving out, right? Yeah. Like I I I hope I pray to God that if they they wade into those waters, they understand you're not a Carlos Correa away. Like, you're Carlos Correa plus away yeah. from figuring this out. Um, so that's that's where I end up getting nervous. Like, if you're spending that much money, you better be getting Manny Machado and not, you know, a good baseball player. You better be getting a true game changer with the money that you're spending. And I, that's, I would be more well, on that Trey Turner than I would be Carlos Correa. Yeah, and I don't disagree, and you're going to look at the ages, but the other thing, too, is, and I know you can't necessarily think about it this way. Like, there are people that think Jackson Holiday could be here within two, maybe right. three years off. So now are you blocking a position? Yeah, I, you I, solve, that, solve that problem when it happens. Yeah, it. correct. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, I'll solve that problem when it becomes real. I don't, I don't create I problems that don't said, exist. But, but it is something to consider. 100%. I get it. Yeah. Uh, what's coming up on the show this week? Uh, we're going to have Michael Rappaport on at the end of the week. Oh, that's Coming cool. in studio that's on cool. Friday. 
Um, it'll be a lot of football talk, obviously, with week one, the overreactions, uh, which which then. And, you know, maybe the Orioles can string together a couple wins and make this a little bit more interesting down the stretch. But I kind of feel like, you know, what we just talked about, we both realized that it's probably not happened, but this has been a fun, fun season regardless. Uh, Proctor tells me your survivor pool was a bloodbath yesterday. Oh, my. By the way, all the can I just say this? Because all the people that texted me, sent me emails or messages on social media, what happens if they tie? Every one of you knows what the answer yeah, is. You're out. You know what the answer is you're when they out. die. You, they have, they have some, to win. I had one guy that texted me said, hey, the Colts are still undefeated, um, so what happens with the tie? And let me just say this. I, I have two pools. I had the Colts in one, and I had the Titans in the other one. Um, so I am out of both of them. So I, I know what it feels like to lose on a tie, so don't, don't give me that nonsense. But, yeah, I'm out of both of my pools, which sucks. Week one. Oh, that is brutal. Uh, he tells me. 77 out of 100 gone. Jesus, I didn't realize it was that many. That's unbelievable. In week Think one. Think about how bad that could have been, too. Like, So, I mean, I know a lot of people took the Ravens. I'm sure there may have been some people that took the Saints and got out of yeah. the deal with the Falcons there. Um, I mean, just everybody lost. The 49ers, the Titans, the, the Colts tied. You know, all the big spreads that you would think about and all the teams that you might like I think I, I hope I didn't make my switch in the other one. I was in another survivor pool where I just picked the Chargers so I wouldn't forget because I liked them a lot. Okay, but even then I didn't love that pick week one. I yeah, didn't like that's anything. It's a tough game against the Raiders. Man, man, that is yeah. brutal. Uh, Jeremy's. Uh, oh yeah, there you go. That's, oh, our, you that's the good stuff. Uh, Jeremy's had a good stretch. Uh, Pressboxonline.com, of course, is where you see his picks every day to try to help you make some money. Uh, at JeremyCon1057 on Twitter. Love you, buddy. We'll talk to you next Monday. All right. I'll see you, man. It's Jeremy Con, Big Bad Morning Show, 1057 The Fan. When we come back in, we will dish out our pats on the ass. Have you even gotten yours in yet? At Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter is the way to do it. We will continue to share them throughout the day. Griffin and I will dish out ours. Oh, boy. Have you fin- Are you finished, by yeah, the way? Yeah, I finished it. I finished it. It is wow. not fun. I wish you would have told me it was the last bite oh, so we could have okay. commemorated it. I, well, Jeremy was going. I didn't want to. But, I mean, you could. <laughs> We got a long way to go with you. We got a long way to go. You're getting there. It was still a long way to go. God, I don't know if I can eat anything the rest of the day. That that was just not good. Um, it was. I just don't. It, I don't feel good. <laughs> I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. It's rough. <laughs> but you know what? You showed you're a man of your word. You show your man a character. Thanks. You lost Thanks. a bet. It's all that matters. And yeah, that you know what? That goes a long way. It gets you no money. It gets you no nothing. But. It felt, means, felt like I was planning my own funeral when I walked into Walmart mean, and was like, I gotta get mayonnaise and pepper. Means something to me <laughs> that uh, you were a man of character. All right, come back in here. Uh, pa- uh, Pat's on the ass, tidbit tube to wrap it up. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The Maryland Lottery presents Ravens' Greatest Plays. It was called the Mile High Miracle, a 70 yard touchdown pass against Denver with 30 seconds left to send the game into overtime. The Ravens eventually won, propelling them to the championship. Another great Ravens play belongs to Diane from Annapolis. Diane played Raven scratch-offs and won season tickets for 20 years. You could be next. Play Raven scratch-offs with instant prizes up to $100,000. And please play responsibly. 
Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guildfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The 2020 2022 baseball season is in full swing and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley and I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxsports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. So join us live on the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports. Come in for Glory Burgers, Glory Wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy their award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings, or try the fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or the scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for the daily specials every weekday, like $7.99 burgers on Mondays and $6.99 nachos on Thursdays. Dine in and let us serve you or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. That's glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sport. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. It's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants. Like me. Right now. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Alright, back in here on GCR. Griffin is, uh... Griffin is... I don't know how long this is going to go on for. I don't know when you're going to feel right again. Yeah, I know. I'm hope. I mean, I, it does not feel like I'm going to feel when right. I, right. It does not feel like I'm going to feel right the rest of the day. When I had to do the bull balls, that's the one that impacted me for the longest. Like, it wasn't until the next day that I felt right again. Like, I, it, I remember, this is the effed up part. I made myself puke up as much as I could. What was the other thing I had to eat that I, I had to go puke up afterwards? There was something... I had to, uh, oh, the ketchup. I had to do what uh, the ketchup and the mac and cheese. I had to do... Um, that doesn't sound... No, 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 no. It was too much. Like, I had oh. to do, like, like a whole bottle. It was insane. Like Whatever instead, the of, like, of, instead of, like, cheese, it was mac and ketchup? Or, like, it, it was, was mac... It's just it a was, Canadian delicacy. Really? Is mac Canadian and cheese delicacy. with ketchup. And I had to do that 
but I had to use like an a, a ungodly amount of ketchup in the process. And I had to go make myself puke afterwards. It was, ju- I couldn't, it was like choking me, like feeling all of the ketchup. Is that our, By bet? The way, is that our bet next week? No, please remind Arditi that he still owes us. We got to get in touch with that dude. <laughs> he still owes us. And we're going to have another baseball bet that we're about to get a response and answer answer on. I don't even remember what the bet was. I don't remember what the bet was this time around. I got to look into that. We did a baseball bet at the start of the season, but we've changed producers so damn much anymore. I don't even remember what the bet was. Baseball bet from this year? Yeah, there was a baseball Wait, you bet. You and Paul or? Paul, Arditi, and I do oh, a, okay. a baseball. Arditi's been a part of it for a long time. We've done a baseball draft at the beginning of every season, but he still hasn't paid off the last baseball draft. And he uses his job as an excuse, but we're going to have to figure out a way to work around that. Like, we're going to have to decide that one day we do a special night show or something like that. Uh, I'm going to put you in charge of saying to him, hey, the rubber has met the road. You got to figure out when you can do this thing. Ooh, adorable. You got to be the tough. You got to be our neighborhood tough. (laughs) All right? Okay. I need you to reach out to Arditi and say, hi, I'm Griffin, and get your act together, fella. If you don't, and then I want you to do, say something really threatening, like I'm gonna give you a knuckle sandwich. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. Then you gotta follow up on it. All right, all right. If so he doesn't I, do it, I need you to drive you, to his you have house. His address? You have his address in, in front. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I need you to drive and, to his house and, in front and, of his wife and his daughter, and I need you to beat his ass. All right. I mean, beat whoop his ass right in front of his wife and daughter. Okay. okay. You promise you're gonna do that? So I have to. Te- I'll tell you him. Need to, you need to reach out. You need okay. to say, hey guy all right i want you to use uh, uh phrases like that bud like, hey pal hey pal i'm griffin and i'm the new man in charge around these parts. i'm with glenn clark and yeah uh, you uh, have unpaid and, and debts correct <laughs> correct you got all you see all them fingers you got be a real shame if something happened <laughs> to one of them huh i want you to let them know they're gonna be ramifications okay. you you call and you say you have a debt that you need to pay and there are no excuses anymore. Time has come to pay off your debt. No more IOUs. No more charging it to the tab. What is the debt that he owes? Uh, he's got to make a prison pizza. Okay. What is a prison pizza? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's a pizza that you don't want to eat. It's used. I, I, I you make a crust I, out of funyuns. It's uh, it's not. It's no, so what are you like smashing up funyuns? You smashing up funyuns. You turn into like you, you make, turn it into dough. Basically? Yep, you turn it into dough. Wow. And then you use whatever condiments you can find at a prison commissary in order to make a pizza of some sort, whatever you can get. And then also because it was baseball related, you have to put cracker jacks on it. <laughs> All right. And he owes that. Now, if he's got to do it at a different time, he's got to do it like we we do a a, a special thing. We we. I know he's got a job, and that job, uh, he alleges, prevents him from being able to come in during this show. But no more. Okay. No more. We're over a year, or about to be over a year, removed from when he realized he Jeez. lost it. Jesus. This is, this is brutal. Excuse we're, me. We're over it. By the way, you don't get to keep doing this tomorrow. <laughs> hey, I, I want to make it very clear. In the middle of, yeah, you know, whoever we're talking to. No, is. no. Yeah, when Roman Hemby's on the show tomorrow, <laughs> you don't get to keep doing this. Um, so I need you. You're the new neighborhood tough. <clears throat> all right? I want you to, hey, remember what Ralphie did to Scut Farkas? I'm going to do that to you. I'm going to Scut Farkas your face. All right? Right in, front of, right in front of your wife and kid. What's his daughter's name? 
I don't know. How would I know that off the top of my head? <laughs> That's a weird bit. Then I want you to. Then I want you to make other threatening uh, messages. I want you to send other threatening messages to other people, or just or keep, well, I don't know. Follow, I'm, keep I'm, I'm interested in other people. What you might do there, but to him, <laughs> I want you to say something like, "I'm going to rub my buttocks on your automobile." Like I want you to send threatening messages to him, but like loosely. I'd be like, I'd be like, uh, "Be careful when you start your car this morning." Yeah, correct. Exactly. You know what? That's perfect. <laughs> that's perfect because it doesn't really say anything. All right. I want you're in charge. You're in charge of getting the man to pay his debt. All right. Okay. All right. Cool. Somebody tweet Ardidi and let him know. Just say, hey, it's coming. Time, <laughs> time has come. It's time for you to pay off your debt. It's time for us to dish out our pats on the ass. Uh, first time this season, we do pats on the ass. You know how this works on Mondays. If the Ravens win, we hand out pats on the ass. If they lose, slaps to the helmet. Uh, you pick five Ravens. Two of them must be offensive players. Two of them must be defensive players. The fifth can be whatever you like, whether that's another offensive player, another defensive player, a special teams player, or a coach. You then rank them five to one, with number one being your man of the match, which I have brought back for the uh, post game show, the Baltimore Game Day Uncensored post game show on 105.7 The Fan. Uh, but you work your way up five to one. Number one is the top dog. Um, Griffin, you good? You know how this works? Yeah, you're, yeah. You're I, new. You're new yes. to this. I think I'm familiar think with you, it. You I, I remember can, it from like before. Right. You think you can, you think yeah, you can yeah. handle the responsibilities yes. of pats on the ass? Yeah. All right, I'll go first. My number five uh, is Michael Pierce. Um, this was a tough week for me what? too. Yeah, oh, me how too. about that? Hey, look at us. <laughs> look at us. Who would have thought? Not me. Not me. Um, <laughs> I will be talking to him tomorrow. Oh, Michael Pierce is gonna yes. join us tomorrow. Yes, That's wonderful. Yeah. I love Michael Pierce. Um, look, man. Were, this is actually a tough week. There were a lot of guys that didn't make my list that could have. I'll tell you, Justin Houston got left off my mm-hmm. my list. I thought he was great yesterday. Um, you know, I, I thought there were other offensive players. Rashad Bateman, for example, could have definitely made the list. He was left off my list. Um, I thought Michael Pierce was a monster. I thought he was – it looked like he had never left. Yeah. And, in fact, maybe even better than what we had seen before because right. and previously he was mostly asked to be a run stuffer. This looked like a guy he was I felt like he was everywhere. Impact like, yeah. a football game. Uh obviously caused the fumble, which ended up being very significant because it, it took away a first down. Um he was great yesterday. Michael Pierce number five on both of our lists. Uh my number four is Marcus Williams. What? I, I mean, <laughs> okay, we might end up having the exact same <laughs> list. I, I feel like we're not. I have okay. one, yeah. of, my, one oh, of my other guys. Awkward, awkward way for this <laughs> to start. Uh, my number four is Marcus Williams, who also was all over the place. Uh, obviously, the interception was huge. Now, the interception, I get it, a receiver fell down. It's not like he made you know, the greatest play in the history of football in the interception, but it was a big play, and he made it. Um, and, and sort of was the first momentum play of the game mm-hmm. um, on the pick. But on top of that, he was very involved. Unlike some other guys who were struggling in the tackling department, he was not struggling. Yeah. In he the was the leading department. tackler, and I was torn between him and Chuck Clark. I was thinking about putting Chuck Clark on there, but I wanted the, to go with the, him. I mean, the, the punch, the, 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 yeah. the punch in slow mo looks like the most violent punch you'll ever see. You're like, dude, that looks like Mike Tyson throwing that punch. Um, but yeah, since it, since it was his Ravens debut, I felt like it was well, like I, I more impactful. It was, I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought it was um, great. Yeah, I was, too, I was torn between uh, Matt BK and and uh, Michael Pierce too, but I. Decided to go with Pierce because wow, you let uh, yeah. So so Manabike is off my list. That is nuts. That I think is crazy. My number three is Lamar Jackson. Um, who again? I don't think was perfect yesterday. Um, you know the interception was late, so we kind of basically wanted to throw that out, and it was sort of a fifty-fifty ball. I'm not I'm not all that worked up about the interception. Um, you know I I think he played well. 
I think he had a, a very solid, if not, he wasn't spectacular, but I think he had a really solid game. And obviously two of the touchdown throws were chef's kiss. Two of the touchdown throws were just brilliant. So, you know, I, I don't think he was perfect, but I think he was damn good. That's why he's my number three. My number three is Devin DuVernay. Um, okay. You think he's a little low? I mean, we were very worried about the receivers. I still am. And he, you know, he makes you feel a lot better after yesterday, getting open and uh, securing two touchdowns. I think, uh, I mean, he, he showed that he... Like I don't, I still don't feel great about Devin Duvernay being, you know, one our wide receiver one or two. But he, you know, he he, you know, he showed up, and if he can continue to do that, then I think uh, he'll continue to be three or better on my list all year. That would well, be that's, great. That's why he's my number one. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the most important thing that happened yesterday. If you want to right. say there were other guys that were maybe as good, if not better, then I, fine, I'll listen. But nothing that was nearly as important as Devin Duvernay. Devin Duvernay was to me the man of the match. He was definitely number one on my list. So I'll go ahead and tell you that Justin Matabuike was my number two um, because I thought he was the best defensive player on the field yesterday. Um, I thought he was a monster. I thought he was everywhere. So I've got Duvernay one, Matabuike two. So who are your one? My number two, Jordan Stout. (laughs) Okay. This is his debut in a punter position that has been locked down in Baltimore for I mean forever my I think my entire life is it's been Sam Cook who was yeah. before Sam Cook uh, Sam, well there were three there were a bunch of punters actually before Sam Cook yeah. there was uh D- Dave Zastadil before that when when did Sam Kyle Cook Richardson. start either way I oh uh, six I want to say was Sam Cook's first season okay, yeah five. I mean pretty much as far as I can remember it's always been Sam Cook and uh, Kyle so, Richardson was the punter for the first Super Bowl team and the first punter in Ravens history was uh, Greg Montgomery who has passed away hmm. rest in peace um but jordan jordan stout i thought he he thought he looked great i mean he had what three punts inside the 20 almost four he had the one touchback that bounced over but he had a long of 64 um and it really stuck out to me after the jets punter shanked that one into the stands and that led to a ravens touchdown and i just thought i mean this is he's taking over and he was holding you know he's holding the ball for justin Mm -hmm. tucker the greatest kicker of all time Mm -hmm. and it seemed like he you know he felt he, he looked like one of the best punters I think there could have been an argument uh, for him to be on the list. I think it's absolutely bloody insane that you have him at number two. I think just just the way that the kicking looked yesterday and to see that we're going to have a seamless transition from Sam Cook into this guy, I feel feel very good about that, and I think he should be recognized. What I would say is, and I get it, it's very early on in his career, he's got to work on his bag of punts because he's got to work on, like, the punt that you can pin someone instead of just bombing punts. Um, there were two yesterday that I felt were bombed, that right. were, you know, blasted. But I don't know that those are situations that one that was a touchback, the other one that... And given the uh, other off-season situations with other punters well, yes, from the rookie under- class. I so I think you're, it's... You're glad that it wasn't a raise. I <laughs> certainly understand that. I, I'm not I'm not down on Jordan Stout. I like Jordan Stout. I think it's, it's crazy to have him at number... I think that's... I, <laughs> I, think I have no idea what in the world you're doing. I mean, him at number two. Jets didn't have any good starting field position, ever. That's... Yeah. Your number one, my number one, Lamar Jackson. I, I have far less of a problem with that. Okay, <laughs> good. Uh, I thought he looked great. I, I mean, he started slow. I, I mean, I, the entire team did. Um, but you know, once he got in the groove, I mean, he, he you know he put he, he put it on a line to Duvernay and Bateman for the three touchdowns, and uh, and that the second touchdown to Duvernay, I thought was all him because he was he was staring down Mark Andrews that drew the safety in, and then he essentially made a no look pass when they showed the replay, and I thought and I was like, I mean. Lamar looks great. I mean, he's showed that he is one of the top QBs in the NFL who just gets all this scrutiny for no reason. And I 
think uh, I mean he I we I want to appreciate really well. him no especially doubt. especially if uh, you know I don't know how much longer he's going to be in a Ravens uniform. There's no doubt he played really well. I am with you on that. All right, uh, very good. So we'll get that up, glennclarkradio.com. Continue to get me yours at glennclarkradio on Twitter. I, I'm sorry, it's 1218. I would go through all of them right now, but I, it's 1218. So we're just going to wrap up the show instead. Tidbit today is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, which is always the best place to be for all of the big games. You know, this Thursday night is the first time Thursday night football will not be on television. This is the first one. You will only be able to stream it via Amazon. And I know there are some of you that, like me, don't have the ability because of where you live. Uh, I live on a farm. We don't, we do not get internet there, so it is not an option for me to take my smart TV and just put the football game on TV. I will be forced to watch the Thursday night game on an iPad, which sucks. Actually, you know what? That's not true. I'm doing a party with Rita this week, so I will not. I will be able to watch the game at the venue. I guess. I hope. Boy, I didn't really think about that. But the point of all of this being, if you're in that situation. I know a far more pleasant place for you to go to watch the Thursday night games. That would be in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, where it will be on their 100-foot media wall. And you'll be able to watch and bet and get your bets in and make money. A big, big game between the uh, Chargers and the Chiefs on Thursday night, which is a really good one to start the week. Um, So just encourage you to, uh, if you want to reserve a spot, email events at sportssocialmd.com. I also know there's a big fight this weekend, uh, Canelo and Triple G fighting again uh, this weekend. So that you'll want to watch the fight in the FanDuel Sportsbook, live casino and hotel Maryland events at sportssocialmd.com. All right, for the tidbits, we are going. So Josh Allen, big performance, especially fantasy-wise. He was the number one fantasy quarterback uh, in standard scoring this week. Uh, in the NFL, um, so that and it was actually as far as Week One performances go, it was the 11th best all time by a quarterback mm. in a Week One performance. How about that? So, uh, and by fantasy performances, Glenn, can you tell me the 10 other guys that are that have had a better Week One performance than Josh Allen? Uh, ever? Yes, ever. Oh, I don't know. It's it, there. You, you, you'll be able Lamar to get Lamar against the Dolphins. <clears throat> Correct. He is number 10. He had 33.6. Standard fantasy points. Uh, Aaron, Ro- of, of a point Aaron Rodgers though. sometime. Uh, he no, he is not in the top ten here. Uh, 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 Drew Brees sometime. Yep, Drew Brees. So that's a nine. He threw for six not, touchdowns. I just don't remember mm-hmm. like week one performances that much. Uh, Peyton Manning against the Ravens. Yep, number one, forty six point three fantasy Drew points in week one touchdowns. for Peyton Manning. He was twenty seven for forty two in that game. Yeah, thank you. Uh, how about a Tom Brady in there? I feel like it would be more accurate. Uh, yes, Tom Brady, number four in 2011 in his opener at Miami, threw for four touchdowns. Is there any non-quarterback on the list? No. Okay. No, well, I, I went just quarterbacks yeah. for this one, so. So, so they're all quarterbacks. Okay. Uh, yeah. Is there a Mahomes in there? There is a Mahomes in his day. Oh, wait a minute. Wow, how did I miss this? Apparently yesterday he did better. Oh. Than, he did better than Josh Way to Allen. go. Brilliant. Way to go. Dynamite. <laughs> Yeah, he, had, he threw for five touchdowns yesterday. He was good for yeah, 34.9 34. Uh, fantasy points. All Better right. than Josh Allen. So <laughs> yeah, I've got I've got, I've got five of them. There's still how many more? Five more? Uh, one, two, three, four. Yeah, five more. Uh, I don't Some know. Unique we're going to start. We're going to start going rapid fire. Rivers. Right. Nope, not Philip Rivers. War- They're all Warner. Nope, not Warner. Uh, one guy's in the booth right now. One guy. Romo. Yep, Tony Romo, number five. In 2007, he threw 35.9. Uh, uh, Carson Palmer. Not Carson Palmer. Cam Newton. 
Not Cam. Matt Ryan. Not Eli Matt Ryan. Manning. Not Andrew guy. Luck. Yep, there you go. Andrew Luck, 2016, his opener against the Detroit Lions. Threw for four touchdowns, 385. How about Russell Wilson? Not Russell Wilson. Guy that just got a contract. That's not Russell Wilson. Uh, Kyler Murray. <laughs> Kyler Murray, last last opener against the Titans. Four uh, touchdowns. And then, so you're missing two more. Mason, two. One of them was a guy in Tampa. Um, in 2018, I think it was the Monday night. Jameis? Team. No, the guy between him, or I guess Josh Freeman. No, the uh, the Harvard guy. Oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's difficult to remember where Ryan Fitzpatrick was at a given time. He was <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, but that was I think that was that Monday night game against. Okay, I vaguely Ryan. remember there being yeah. a big Ryan Fitzpatrick game. He had like that. It was in 2018. He started okay. like the first four weeks. He was unbelievable for okay. some reason. Okay. Uh, then lastly, in 2011, Miami opened up against New England. Oh, he was on the other side of this Tom Brady, that Tom Brady performance. Chad Henney. Oh, sure. 35.5 fantasy points Chad in week one of 2011. All right. And that is the list. Tubular brought to you by the Maryland Five Stars. See Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars. Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory. It's October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. Here's what's coming up tonight. Not a lot. Uh, of course, Monday Night Football is on every ESPN network. Broncos Seahawks 815, which I, like, I get is a good storyline, but not really a good game necessarily because you have to watch Geno Smith play quarterback. Um, normal broadcast on ESPN and ABC, Manning's on ESPN2, the whole deal. Uh, this afternoon, Loyola at Fordham Soccer, 3 o'clock on ESPN+, plus MLB Network for Angels, Guardians at 6, Braves Giants at 9.30, and the USA Network for WWE, Monday Night Raw at 8. Anything non-sports-wise? Yeah, the uh, 74th Emmy Awards are going to be going on the same time as Monday Night Football. What? Yeah. <laughs> like the legit that. Emmy Awards? Yeah. On what network? On on NBC, hosted by Keenan Thompson. That's so, weird. Yeah, no, I was, don't know. I do award shows on the weekend. I know. It? Yeah, I'm not sure why it's. I guess tonight, NBC is Sunday Night Football, so that's the reason yeah. why they can't. Um, it's and then new episode of Kevin can f himself. Oh, I Other do like than that. that Ninety Day Fiance, the Single Life season three premieres on TLC. Sure. And then it's the season one finale of Don't Forget the Lyrics on Fox. Okay, I'll pass. Uh, the other thing that's coming up tonight, Stan the Fan and Ross Grimsley are back in action as they will have Jim Duquette, former Orioles GM, with them. That's at 6 o'clock, facebook.com slash Sports. If you miss it live, you can see it there, or youtube.com slash online or pressboxonline.com slash video tomorrow. Thanks today to uh, Dan Wilcox. Thanks to Jeremy Kahn. Thanks to Andrew Catalan. We'll get all that up in the greatest hits section of the tab at glennclarkradio.com. Michael Pierce will join us tomorrow. I like that. Roman Hemby, Harford County native, Maryland running back. They're 2-0. they got a big game against SMU on Saturday night. We will chat with him. Anything else? Uh, Simply the bets. Simply the bets. Stuff and things. Um, I assume uh, Micah goes to work. We'll be back with us tomorrow. Uh, he was out with me at the uh, beach volleyball. We're calling it Micah goes to work or Ernest. No, goes Ernest goes to work. Okay. Or I don't know. Maybe I'll. I like Ernest goes to work, but it is a mouthful, and it's also we can't put it on the screen. So maybe we do MC Ernest is just the way that we go with that. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it, but I like Ernest goes to work. That's the bummer. Damn it. <laughs> Might stick with MC Ernest. So hopefully that means we're doing Young Use tomorrow. I like that. All right. Thanks everybody, at Press Box, all of our great sponsors and partners, including. 
My friends at oh sorry sorry Proctor I didn't see that you're trying to get guesses in that's my fault. Including Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Casas Inn, Maryland Lottery, Guilford Hall Brewery, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Grill, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass is how you follow him. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday evening. Uh, go nobody. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.